Welcome to the 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade podcast, a retrospective. Hey folks, Brennan here. Thanks for tuning in to our 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade podcast. If you want to reach out or follow us, we're on Facebook and YouTube as 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch as 25 Years of VTM, and on our website at 25yearsofvtm.com. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash 25 years of vampire the masquerade. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hey folks, DJ here. I just want to take some time to talk about Werewolf the Apocalypse Retaliations by Flyles Games. This soon to launch game is brought to you by the same team that's bringing you Vampire the Masquerade chapters, and they just released a trailer to go along with it. We at 25 invite you to check it out at Werewolf the Apocalypse-Retaliation.com to catch a peek at the trailer and be updated of when it'll appear on Kickstarter, which seems to be already 2022. The game promises to have everything that made chapters endearing to us, the fans, including scenarios, investigations, beautiful miniatures, and more. With that, thanks for your time. Hey folks, welcome to, of course, our podcast here for 25 years. I, of course, am Bob, and I'm accompanied by Brennan. Hey everyone. And DJ. Hello. And I know, I know, guys, there's been a lot of people who've uh, mentioned by a lot, and more, more than a few of you have reached out and said, where's Werewolf? Where's Requiem? Hey, we're getting to that. We had some big, we had the biggest interview of this podcast, in fact, that we had just recently with Martin Erickson previously. Um, not to go into it, but we did. And that took a lot, you know, and it was worth it. And it was definitely a heartfelt thing for us to do for him and, uh, every, and the fans. I think that was a gift for everybody uh, in this business. Uh, the other thing. We're tackling now the Black Handbook that was released in Storyteller's Vault that the actual author did to be the companion, not even the companion piece. I don't think that was the goal, DJ. What, what do you think about this? Like, what, what? Tell us a little bit about the author, where we know him from, and what you think the take of this book might be a little bit. Sure. So this book is primarily led by uh, Mr. Khaldun Khalil with the assistance of uh, Rachel E. Judd and Saskia Lytic. but what Khaldun Khalil is known for was he did assist with a lot of the vampire that we've read before and especially with the former Black Handbook that we just covered recently. He's also uh, an author who has done World of Darkness uh, items before as well as Vampire, the latest Dune that was released by Modifius as well as Cthulhu. Now, Compass author, right? Great things mm-hmm. to expect, and he's had his hands in the material, the pulse, and behind the scenes. That's why we're, we initially don't do Storytellers of Alt books, because it's almost unfair. Traditionally, there's a lot of people with a lot of heart who have alternate rules and homebrew they think would be better than canon, and it's just unfair, because if you don't agree with someone's view, that's that, well, would be biased, right? Their heart's in it. Then you don't want to go and pick it apart, and you don't want to go necessarily do a review unless it's to promote that book for whatever reason to help them out a bit. And we're not trying to do that. A lot of our a lot of our material is obviously to go, should you get this old stuff to add to your collection? Released by the company, canon material. And this is an oddball one. You don't typically have an author who kind of segues and then goes and does like their own thing, mm-hmm. which is exactly what Storyteller Vault allows people to do. Now, before that, we had some people, you know, previously, uh, uh, Nate helped uh, helped a book out that, that had a Sabat book on here too that tackled the player perspective, and that's and that's them. Again, same reason. It's an ST Vault. We didn't do it because we're looking for people aligned to canon. No offense there. Just that's that's how it is. Although I'm certain that book is going to catch a lot of fans. I know Illinois was huge on Ray's take of mm-hmm. Sabat. I myself am a fan of a lot of what he his views tend to be, and I, I welcome people to check out that book. Like I say, anything in the ST Vault. If you're looking for player uh, usage, that's one to do. But this right here is a target. Has a bullseye on it. This right here 
has a chance to answer some big time questions and I expected to fill some serious shoes when we review this. And so, we're going to invite you guys along because the questions we are looking for directly and a couple personal from my own is, first off, does this book, uh, well this book needs to prove an effective playable sect and not an excuse to be bad vampires. We're done hearing about how bad the Sabbat vampires can be because it's cliched at this mm-hmm. point. It's a ridiculous notion. We know they're bad. That's why we like them. FYI, all vampires are bad. When we're looking at political lines and whatnot, whatever your flavor, that's really what you're trying to tell us. But stop thinking we're, we're silly here, right? You know, We know what you're getting at. But that becomes an excuse. You have to define the bad, explain the bad, just how bad is it. And they're supposed to be antagonists. The bad of the bad is what we're getting at. Now, we're entitled to shift gears and let our players be these villains. Mm-hmm. And does this allow them to do that in an understandable way, a safe way, in a way that does respect to the material? We're going to answer that question. Another thing, and that's the overall, the most important, I feel. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to ask the question, do we feel the material as presented is a companion book to the V5 Sabat, the Black Hand, the author previously had done? Now, that's a big question because right there, that's an easy, that's low-hanging fruit. You know, we know where they were at, at least as a protagonist book, and now it should just be... Like, I was shocked at the size of this book. I thought we were just going to see a series of rules that help players, you know, work with that book as like a, like a legitimate launch companion book, but it doesn't read that way. Mm-hmm. doesn't. Um, there's a lot of uh, doubling up or maybe a different take. There's a different opinions. It's, it, it really hit me in the chops to see that difference and kind of tab back and forth looking at those changes and we're going to get into a little bit of that i'm glad i wasn't Um, the only one that did that (laughs) no absolutely because you had to right where did this come from and why is it so different however next one is uh from a player perspective does it allow you the confidence you are playing in line with vampire fifth edition this is huge yes what players are telling you is that when you made a protagonist book for sabat v5 only you stole from them the ability to say i am playing sabat that I am playing what I love that is in canon still, and it, and it took it from them. They don't get to say that anymore. Now it's just like they sound like homebrew crazies. Mm. If you say you play in a Sabat game because there's no official canon rules, you've denied them access to that ability to, to kind of join in the fun. If there's a Gehenna War, tell us about it. If there's a setup to do it, how does that happen? If mm-hmm. there's things to do, then okay, give us a little bit. How do we build this at home? What do we do? What do we go? And it seems people are like, nah, we're not about that. We're over here now. That might be later, though. Hold on. When we want to turn that loose to you, it might be at the Gehenna War, where it seems to be the most relevant. Okay, we don't get them right now. As we learned from interviewing with Martin, it's a question we asked, and he said, hey, it might be a time thing. It's a myth. He's not certain. He knows when he's at the helm and up there, that was the thought tossed around, but he didn't give any guarantees. But I like that he tried. And it shed some light to say, be patient. You might get what you were looking for, just not maybe exactly as you thought, and that's okay. But does this book give it to you early? Does it say, yeah, we can play it and we have confidence for playing Sabat now? Okay, we'll see. Does it offer playable choices of the paths of enlightenment? Playable defined as specific, clear on direction and use. Measurable in, in that the system is to help player and ST really track progress and cut down debates, whether who's doing it right or wrong. Is it achievable? Meaning, does it require a, a mala or can you learn on your own what it's asking you to do in the paths of enlightenment? And is it realistic? Does it help you portray the vampire morality? 
seen as playable instinctual thought. In other words, the beast question, meaning selfish desires and, and the fulfillment of them, which is that man's sort of power fantasy, why we really do play, play vampires, it doesn't meet that, without conscience and providing an alibi. So I'll shorten that to just say, realistic meaning doesn't answer the fact that this is a morality that you can portray. No problem, clearly understand what you're doing, but it is distinctly different from the conscience that a human would have a living mortal, right? We don't want to see that. We want to see a vampire. That's the point and doesn't make that distinction. Now, timely, meaning is how long is the process designed to take? Is it clearly stated? Now, I know I cheated. I used good old smart goals that I threw out here from uh, from when I was corporate side. And why I did that is because it fits so easily to answer, this, answer these questions clearly. And it definitely puts them under a lens. It says, you know what? We're not fucking around anymore. You want to tell me you can do it better than what you did with a team when you are part of the camp? Well, you're an author. We're going to put you to the paces. We're going to see what ball you left on the floor. Or if this is something that maybe we're wrong and we're converted to say, hey, let's team up and see a different version. Maybe the company hears and does some changes. We don't know. We'll let the audience decide. Without further ado, though, we're going to start at the simple fact that if it's going to say all this and it's going to help us out... Um, does this book offer Gehenna War insights and how the Sabbat prepares for it? I forgot about that. That's an important one, too, and we'll, we'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, but there's some, some things I'm going to touch on. First and foremost, we're going to talk about that the Black Hand fate isn't explained in this book. That's the first weird thing I noticed about V5. We're just calling the Sabbat Black Hand now. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, by the way, they're the Black Hand. We kind of got to tell how they're wiped out. Right, you need to say that because saying the beckoning work doesn't work because we see evidence that there are all sorts of Camarill elders that are like Chicago by night's rife with them. You got Helen of Troy kicking rocks still, you know, dancing around and pretending to be Portia, right? The neonate and whatnot. You even have elders like Loden who survived somehow and he's down below and, and, and whatever. And that's okay. That's entertainment. That's what fans want. It's a popular book. But at the same time, that leaves more than enough wide enough room to say that the these black hand seraphim badasses are still bouncing around. Now, I have evidence to back this up. What I'm going to tell you here before we uh, we go deep, deep, is that there is something that you can crack open, right? Uh, I took an excerpt from the uh, Black Hand playing the Sabbat, page 5, which is this book. It says, while the modern black hand is fractured and no longer tries to maintain a rigid hierarchy, and I stopped there. You have to understand that in this writing, it's referring to the Sabbat using the nomenclature of the Black Hand. That's the new update. Mm-hmm. However, I believe it's Kane's Chosen, page 19, we took this info. Um, let me double-check that real quick when we talk about the history of the Black Hand, which I think is pivotal. Um, and absolutely, it's page 18. I was off by one. That's getting eerily accurate these days. Um, <laughs> That's not a margin of error. It's, yeah, it is weird because I didn't put it in the notes and it was like, off the top of my head, oh Jesus, that was close, alright, get a life. No, I'm teasing. Um, <laughs> when you're good at what you do and you're passionate, right? Um, but the point is, we gotta take it back to understand this book and what lens we're looking at. Because I'm gonna set this lens up and then you two are gonna just knock it down however you see fit. Yep. And I'm just gonna bring up categories that keep pacing at this point. Just want everybody to know I'm taking you all along for this ride. But a little history lesson that needs to be explained. Gotta remember... The Camarilla in the New World is where we're at, right? We're talking the American Revolutionary War. Just just after the uh, the uh, Anarch Revolt and all that madness, and they forced that Thorns meeting, and, you know, the Sabbats forged. F you, we're not going to join. And the Elders were hunting them in Europe. The Sabbat fled to the New World, right? That just mentions they took off, and they came over here. The Camarilla came over here, too. 
Because you got to remember, who was part of the ranks that was out there? The Childer, those Ancilla who were being enslaved and, and jacked over by their, by their sires. So they came over to the New World as well. And they're trying to find their place free of their sires before they could reestablish their hooks after all that madness. And the Sabbat at this time had one target, the Camarilla. That was their only enemy. The elders that they were warring with formed the Camarilla. Well, they formed their own to counter them, and that's what they were going at. So these roving lunatics were teamed up to assault, you know, the meet, meet this head on. And they came over to the New World to yoke their strength, get territory, figure out what they had, and go at it. And this is where the Sabbat starts mixing Rite by watching the Native Americans here. Watching their writers, how they prepare their braves, how they prepare their people, how they fight their wars, and how they might get into it. And they're actually learning from them, a lot from them, as stated. However, they also have these Camarilla would-be elders, soon to be, if they had their own room to do it, coming over and going, hey man, we still have the same enemy, are we good? And they're like, yeah, we're called the Sabat, but we'll hang out. It's totally cool, we're over here with these natives. Well, we're going to build these settlements, <laughs> and we're going to see what happens, alright? Just, you know, hear us out. Yeah, go ahead, no problem. There's a war going on, too, that the mortals are about to ramp up and participate in. Well, what happens? The Camarilla uses the Sabbat to rebel against the elders in the states, right? But this creates a reason for archons to be sent over to force obedience on these children. You came over here on behalf of, the, of your sire because you still belong to the Camarilla as your sire sees it. Remember the traditions? Remember hospitality? Remember accounting? You're not out from your sire's accounting. That was one of the reasons for a revolt. You were under my thumb. Well, the Sabbat was throwing around a vaniculum like it was hot water valdery, like it was hot water, breaking those blood bonds. And then they sent these people over here. Well, Archons came over like gangbusters and were cleaning house. You're with us or you're dead. Naturally, when they caught them, they're with them. But since Archons are these super killer elder group people, at least that's the way they show them when they came here, what do you do? You're getting captured, you're thrown in, right? So speeding it along, the Sabbat are like, what the hell is going on? We were together... And now you're just building these settlements and turning them over to your sire who you say is now coming? And they're like, well, this was always the plan. It's not our fault you were too stupid to see that my elder sire was coming over. And naturally, he'll be the prince and I will be the seneschal. <laughs> and the Sabbat are like, that's a fact. Well, their pack mates or other packs are like, traitor. You sided with the enemy and you gave them ground and you gave them feeding areas. Look what you did. And they cry betrayal and the Sabbat starts ripping each other apart in an internal war. I'm certain to an Ancilla turning around to their sire go, as planned all along, my lord. Look at these animals. Out in the wild, they can't get it together. Well, the Sabbat responds, right? They're like, oh, mm -hmm. shit, we're being torn apart. And they respond from the perspective of the Black Hand, who is really telling this tale. And they say, Alana Jav and a guy named Aster Danash come over, and these are some heavy hitters. When, they, when we talk about elders, Alana Jav is like, I don't know, like a thousand years old. And don't forget, they have a Zemer ball that's still part of the Black Cane at this point, too. He's like 7,000 or some junk, right? He's, he's just some powerful elders that have been working the Sabbat here. Working how? They opposed the Camarilla from the jump. The very mm -hmm. idea of it was bad because they could see a power grab, and that's what the Black Hand said. We were watching, we were forming, the revolt happened, we want to know who caused it, what's going on, and they saw elder movement here, that there was grand manipulation. They just didn't know how to battle it just yet, but saw all the passion of those who were willing to rebel and yoke their strength. Well, the Black Hand comes over, Alana Jav, I think we can agree Alana Jav alone can clean house. Yes, absolutely. Yep. I am I am a Alana Jav fanboy myself. So, like, ah, yes, absolutely. So this dude comes over, he cleans house with this guy, Anash, and he's basically like, hey, it's done. 
We're all done with the fighting. You 15 want to go? Let's go. Okay, you're dead. Anybody else? We're good. Listen, we're Sabat. Calm down. We're going to talk about it. We're going to have a meeting over here. Knock it off. And the Sabat were like, yeah, okay. Now, why did they do this? Because archbishoprics, and that means territory the archbishop's governing right. in a sense, were torn apart. They were ripped and, and pretty much useless, and they needed this to grow. So these two guys sit down, and of course you have the uh, uh, Gorkist, which is now a guy who comes over. And Gorkist comes over, and he says, hey, I got an idea. You guys are here. We got your strength. We're going to figure this out. But Astrid Dinesh, by the way, seemingly is killed the short time he's here, FYI. They, they have that little bit in the book just to let you know. We still love our intrigues. Please see him and look him up to see that all in. I think mm-hmm. they V20 update this dude, or have him in V20. Good story with him to update all that stuff that happens to him. But the point is, that dude's death helps them form titles. And those titles are called Seraphim. This relates to the, all of this relates to the book that we're about to continue on here. Yes. But these mm-hmm. titles are thought of from this guy's dedication. He is also the founder of the Path of Cain. <coughs> now, if you read this guy, this, this Path of Cain that he thought of uh, came about from his devotion to these stories heard from, uh, like, his sire. Basically, he's a vizier, and his sire taught him kind of at range of element, never quite there. And you can read his interesting background. It's an odd take, but interesting to kind of explain the hows and the whys. But long story short, these lessons aren't exactly Path of Blood. And it helps forge the Path of Cain that he's on. And he just agrees to walk this path because he's a nonist at heart. He loves the ancient teachings, and this is what it is. And he's giving this gift uh, to whoever listens. Basically, that's the knowledge he leaves behind with everybody. But they, even then, they skew it. And it's a good excuse for the warriors to begin diabolizing, which is really what these packs understood anyway. To get powers to steal it from the elders and we steal it by diabolery. That's really all they know. They say notism, but already the seeds of corruption are there. Why do I mention this? Well, simple point. The Black Hand with Gorkus, Gorkus goes, hey, we're done fighting the Camarilla straight up. What I mean by that, of course we want to fight them, but they're not the real enemy. We need to get smarter. The Camarilla are just the puppets. We want the puppet masters, and those are the antediluvians. And evermore, the Sabbat now has the bona fide enemy that they can't reach out and touch. I'll repeat that. It's important that they have an enemy that no pack can run into and annihilate. Mm-hmm. We don't want that. Why don't we want that? Well, it's very simple. We're building a cult. And to have a good cult or religious fanaticism, we got to give you an, a purpose. A purpose that is, you know, something you could reach for constantly, but may never reach in several lifetimes, if ever. Why? Well, that's how you build fanatics. Yeah. You give them the ability to have faith to move towards something. Mm-hmm. And and I'm running through that because this is a point to keep in mind in the back of your head when you read any Sabbat material. The other thing is, is that with that fanaticism, already we've built the Sabbat as a tool. A grand manipulative tool. A sword, if you will. Exactly. The Black Hand wanted this sword, and they needed this sword because, remember, they're committing a covert operation against these elders that are trying to deny them and what they're doing. But we never got to ask the question, well, what the hell was the Black Hand? And you will never get that answer. Because they're (laughs) not... You won't. They're not the false hand, and they're not the true hand, right? They're just the Black Hand. Why I make that distinction... The Seraphim are formed to save the Sabbat, and they had a military mindset and an idea of what loyalty is and how to build that. We understand the Lasombra coming in, 
And the Lissandra gave titles, and they gave direction, and they gave setups, and little compartmentalization of how to run this organization, but it's the Zemis who gave you the magic and Rite to build the bonds that are nigh unbreakable except to each other. Forced loyalty and bonds to strip humanity, and when you strip humanity from someone, you have to give them a, something to hold on to or they lose themselves. Very easy to manipulate someone when you know their shtick. And when they feed you the shtick on top of it, even more so. So what we're talking, we're building a religious fanatic sect based on bullshit. It is based on hype. It always was based on hype. The enemy always was just the Camarilla, just the elders. That's my point. This talk about antediluvians and ancients, understand the big MacGuffin. When all of a sudden the beckoning happens, starts pulling elders away, why do you think the Lasabra flipped out? They said, wait a minute, that shit's real? Yeah, they're like, this is not going according to plan. We gotta pivot. None <laughs> of us believed. None of us believed that Lasabra was dead. Right? None of us really bought it, but none of us have either been called back to Castle del Umbros to see. And, and I'm not going. Right? And besides, we, here's why it's terrifying. We have Montano walking around. Uh-huh. Right? This dude's like, oh, he's dead, is he? But he seems nonplussed. Weren't you his right-hand guy? And he looks at you and goes, I see you've read our history then. And that's all he has to say. He isn't going to stand there as the loyal chill and let you... Really? Yeah. You think Gratiano had what it took? He was like the youngest member of the clan at that point. Get real. No one bought it, right? But they said at the same time, makes a good story, and we killed our founder, so now we get to lead the Sabbat. Dun, 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 and that makes them special. Oh, wait, the Zemisi got a grand story, too. We know how that worked out, right? And be a good lad, says Lombok, right? He'll forever be his nightmare <laughs> moniker and a great character for it. Yes. But it's like this material forgot all that. That never happened. The stuff that made you fall in love with the Sabbat, we forgot all that. We're not here with that. We're not really driven to that because for someone like me, it's pump the brakes, bro. What we're doing is we're updating material and we're not explaining what happened to Black Hand right now. Mm. We're not explaining what happened to all the people you love right now. Keep that in mind. And that's why I say stick with the canon. Stick what's there. However, to wet your whistle, we still want to make sure that what's important to you in this book is stuff that you can have. So for those people like myself that have a hardcore argument like you don't answer the black hand and blah, 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 neither does the home company that has the IP for this shit. Right. Just to say point blank because they're keeping some cards behind them, right? We're in a magic show. The show hasn't even gotten to the grand crescendo, right? We got to let them warm up here a little bit. So you didn't like the sleight of hand. Wait till they start doing the card through the piece of glass, like Copperfield, right? Whatever. Um, I'm off on my magicians this era. But the point is, it's not lost that there's just tricks here. You know, let them do their show. That said, though, this is Khalil's show and his team here for this book. And we're going to kick it to you guys. And I want to say, um, one of the new things they bring back is cov covens and nomads. And Brennan, what's, what's a coven? Uh, a coven is a uh, is a sabbat pack that is uh, invested or stays in a city, right? They are um, <clears throat> part of a domain. Usually, they have some kind of uh, well. Every pack has a purpose, right? A goal, but their purpose uh, for their pack is to is focused on the I, the diocese, the archbishopric of the area, right? Supporting that, feeding that war machine on the on the home front. 
All right, DJ, do you feel that, because uh, uh, Britt, I know, was newer to the material, but I know you played around with this Nomads and Covens. You're still back in that era where you have danced with this a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. The Covens, as presented as an update here, do you feel it does them justice? I feel like it's more of a callback than anything else because it sounds like... If I had to explain it to you, it almost sounds like it's something that is just a callback in terms of nomenclature itself. Because it doesn't relate in the exact same way as we've seen them before. Before, we even if we were talking about New York, right, and that pack that just stayed behind, that was a coven. That was a legit coven that was underground, we in here, we in ticks. This one is much more of like, we're here because we're attempting to settle, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have any hard grounding into it. It's just a name that calls back. I found it much more, uh, like I said, of a callback than anything else. In nomenclature. So you feel it's more like a title that a pet can have? Like, our intent is to be a coven, but not necessarily over a territory, just to make sure right. that's right. Right, so right, that's I, how I feel about it. it. Would you say it's more like uh, it, it's just a name then used to differentiate from, like, a roving pack, like a nomad pack? Agreed. I think the nomad okay. pack is a lot more accurate in terms of its description. You know, and that nomad pack has always been the same. So rolling into it, your nomad pack is a group of... The mixed, and it's funny because this is where it mentions it as well. It doesn't mention it in the other book, but this is where you have your mixed passive enlightenment crew. It's everyone else who's like, hey, we're going to follow Forrest Gump. Forrest is running. Why is Forrest running? Obviously, there's a reason why Forrest is running, but you know how everyone starts getting together? You lost a pack member, come join ours. Keep going, keep going. And those numbers swell. You know, what's interesting is how it mentions that there's usually a nucleus to this pack in the first place. Typically, five people around, right? Around mm-hmm. five to six members, but it could swell up to 15, and then if it oh, ever sir, goes back down. I'm going to correct that. It's not that it swells up to 15. 15 is the number. Right. That's what you can expect. It has a core of five, and it correct. describes that it uses those people as, as basically foot soldiers. Right. That core of five. Why I say it that way, because that's the unique update they throw in here. Mm-hmm. Right, and it says it could be. They're known for large numbers. That's the point. This is where it mirrors what they said about the protagonist side. You had huge packs with one priest, no Ductus. Right, that mm-hmm. Ductus not even heard of anymore. That's a, that's a dead title, and so now we only care about those guys. I'm only saying that because that's the tie-in to, to link to previous material. Right, I enjoy right. that that it's there. But back to your coven comment too. You know, I took it a different way. I figured a coven was explaining very quickly, if not paintbrush style. And uh, that, don't worry, they still have domains that they're in, but the skeleton crews, they're called covens. And what they do here is they buffer the area to allow nomads to run through as sort of like an underground railroad, if you will, as they're moving to Gehenna. How to get through a city without getting smoked by what's there. Or a stronghold to yoke your strength and get those uh, that training you're going to need for some of this, these, these intense Path of Enlightenment and what have you uh, to get them rolling on, and so on and so forth. And they more or less, they do say that. They like give examples real quick, but right. they don't focus on it. And why? Te- it wasn't testing you. It was to say, as written, I would like to see them pump the brakes there and kind of put out, like, this is a coven. This is what you would do for this. This is what goes on. Because that's what the, that's what the fans are asking for. Mm-hmm. Give us a little instruction on how to portray what you're talking about. Because the key to this book, or any of these books, is that you have to talk to your audience like they've never touched the material. Right. You've, you've got to. If, go ahead. I was going to say, what I've noticed with this book and several other books that have recently come out is that there is a, there is a trend that there is much less concrete examples and more like uh, story hooks or ideas or suggestions. And I think the idea behind it is to not limit the players. But in some situations, this being one, giving more concrete examples of this is what an ex-coven in this 
kind of city would be like how they're how they're like lamplighters how they're running logistics for the rest of the black hand or how this coven is trying to infiltrate into chicago or gary or new york again right those kind of ideas Uh, so those are those are nice nice to have had now another nomenclature title though i want to throw in as well um removers this actually this actually pissed me off when i read this I'm going to be real honest, right? No offense to you, Calvin Khalil. It's your, it's your world, man. You're, you do you. But to me, th- why I liked the Black Hand in the Sabbat, why I liked the Sabbat in the first place, I liked the fact that there was an elite group watching the Sabbat looking for people that were not just mindless killers. Mm-hmm. Or they were people they could train to take all that energy and being, if you were good at murder, we're pulling you aside to either kill you or reforge this weapon to be usable by the sect. If that's all you knew. And in this secret society, you can bear a tag or a symbol that let us know you're standing. And like an archbishop or somebody can note and look and see that mark and understand just who the hell you are. And that was cool to do. I like that players rarely ever wanted to play them, right? And I do mean that. Like, it's a few players that want that because that comes with responsibility. If I'm going to say I'm the baddest walking, I got to be the baddest. And it was this title earned. There's no Sabbat title that should ever be just given to you, Right? And then I thought about it. The purpose of the removers here is that the player characters are specialists called upon by a seraphim or other sabbat leaders. They come from a mix of clans or what have you, and they're supposed to be driven to purpose. Now, this isn't a bad idea. A lot of players who play sabbat can't think of a night in the life of the sabbat. You're supposed to. Mm-hmm. They get tons of instruction of how to build a well-rounded character and what to do with that. But this tells me that the, these are fans and their experience in understanding the frustrations of a lot of storytellers is to get players who say they're ready and they can think like it and they want to do it. But now there's the, they're this heartless monster. And all they can think of is, let's wreck shit. And we don't really know what to do. We don't know we can talk to a bishop or what a priest is or how to do it right ourselves. A lot of stuff we don't know. But this says, push all that out your mind. You're now a remover. You're pulled in a pack. Wherever you're from, everybody can play what they want. You'll get pulled in this pack by a seraphim, and now we're going to forge you to purpose. I call this, everybody meets at the inn. Right? That's what yes. this is. Yeah. But for Sabbat, it's like, stop all that. You're at an inn. We're about to get the mission. Let's talk about our characters at session zero. Let's get the playing Sabbat in the ground running. Let's get past all that. All right. You can do that. No big deal. I, I caveat, that's not enough for me. Right? I like my removers. I like my sectarian differences. I, I'd rather rather don't like that title, in fact, being in the book at all. Um, I much prefer it being something something else but that. And uh, I don't know what. I'll be, I'll be fair. I don't know. I don't normally like saying I don't like something and then not replace it. But it's easy enough to pick a different something. Mm-hmm. Not saying you got to do it. Suit yourself. Some people will love it. I finally get to play a remover. But it doesn't right. come with any of the training or anything that it meant, any of the mystique, any of the awesome or the glory that he came with before. Let's face it. What's the point of stepping into the title? Why have the sword of, you know, Miyamoto Musashi? Why have the sword if I don't have any of the training or the family's blessing or anything to hold the blade? At that point, I feel like I'm just a thief trying to hold down a legend is what I'm saying. That's how I feel. But maybe too much thinking in that regard and you just move on. If you like it, you can. It's here and it's done in a decent way. The heart's in the right place at least. Um... Going past that, though, let's roll right into the fact that the Seraphim are something as well. I mentioned them before. I told you I had to mention them again. The Seraphim are nomenclature. What do I mean by that is they're not even as powerful as they once were. In fact, they're, they're cults of personality by how this book puts it. Mm-hmm. 
They're people who live up to a hype who talk a good game, and now they're somehow in charge of things. And it's not real clear how it works out. And they got plenty of lore sheets with Seraphim on them, and a lot of them are new, except for Ginevra, which is an interesting choice. I don't have an opinion on that. It's, it is what it is. But to me, that's, a, that, that's an odd choice, right? If you're going to do that, wouldn't you want Elders to kind of replace what it is? Now, they're not a bad choice, though. And here I'm going to tell you, I don't necessarily disagree. But the fact is, is that they treat Seraphim as saints. Mm-hmm. So your packs are going to follow Seraphim like, like they're saints in a religious sense. And here's where I'm like, we're kind of off the rails here. Now we're more than a religious sect aware that it's full of shit and it's religion because it's an impossible task. It's a dangle the carrot. It's, it's okay if you're going to play a fanatic that doesn't know any better. You're a fresh shovel head out of the ground. And your Mala is trying to show you the roast, but there's first they got to do some things, which we'll get to the horrible things they're making you do. But you're in a learning process. And part of your learning process is to wake up and understand, we're going to train you to fight a blood god. Hang in there, champ. And we get the fanaticism that you would have from that, right? Which is also bullshit. I think it's part of the rights to be hazed in this process to eventually be brought into the fold as a true sabbat and you've earned it. And, and once you're brought in, then it goes, understand why we had to do that. We had to ensure loyalty first above all and once we have that done we can trust you the inner mysteries open up and blah 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 like a real cult does Mm -hmm. and we are the sword of Cain we gotta kind of forge this our enemies are the elders and and pretty much the enemies are anybody who stand against the sabacc can we just say that yes Yes. we we can we can agree on that because otherwise why would anarchs be the enemies of the sabacc anyway right if if that wasn't the the operating procedure and that's and that's kind of how we have to see that right but uh, we'll have enough time for that wax poetic discussion yeah. too. But let's roll on. So creation rights are in here. Now the creation rights are an interesting thing. And to kind of put our whistle here, they have a system for them, right? Um, the creation rights are designed for the Sabbat to um, adopt a path as fast as possible. How do they do that, guys? What are some of the methods they throw out here and the techniques for it? Number one is shovel heading. That's the that's the fan favorite one, right? Because we we know we've spoken about before how to get people there, and that's just like bash them over the head and hope that you strip their humanity. Keyword hope, because it doesn't necessarily always work. That's just phase one of it. But what ends up happening, like it literally is, it's just phase one of it. But you know, as it's written in here as well, it tells you that. You know, it's it's funny because this is where it touches upon it that there's no back then. When you had a formal sabbat and you had teachers, even when you were thinking about the Dark Ages, when you were coming to be and shedding your humanity behind because now you are a vampire, you don't have time for that anymore because now is the war. You don't have time to give people the proper education to learn how to get your doctorate and how to be a, a member of the Path of Enlightenment. And now is, do you have time for your GED? Take these night classes right now. Whoops, bang over the head, bang over the head, bang over the head. Are you getting it? Are you not getting it? Are you getting it? And you have a drill sergeant just continuously beating you in there. So the most common one that they present to you is the shovel heading one, but it, it could vary from there. But what it does let you know that the core feeling of it is there is no time for proper teaching anymore. Okay. Uh, Brennan. Um, and the the like DJ said, the uh, shovel head one is a very very common one, right? But after that, they uh, they can pretty much take more like more varied examples, right? And those can be as varied as uh, a lot of other cult initiations, right? The um, it, they all in some way though strip your identity as a human who you were behind you it could be something as dastardly as um embracing someone 
and taking them to whatever address you have on your driver's license, right? Taking them home to that family and cutting those last threads they had to their humanity. Let me help you out a little bit there. Here they give a clear cut example, right? They don't mm-hmm. they don't stress it as you can do whatever you like. They're pretty much on the ball here. They talk about that Amala is, is developed for you off the bat. That you go, you know, we put a sabat in the ground, they come out, wham with the shovel, as DJ said. We bring you over here, let me learn you something. Your first meal is a touchdown you had. We want you to brutalize your touchdown. Mm-hmm. We want you to rip your touchdown down. Remember, packs are centered around a singular path, maybe two. Is what mm-hmm. they put down here. And whoever is the priest is guiding you through this process of basically kill your darlings. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's your daughter? Time to eat your daughter. Gotta cut those ties. What do you mean I gotta do that? Well, you're hungry, aren't you? That's the easiest meal. Let's go do that. If you don't, I will. So on and so forth. These hard choices. These are powerful role play scenes is what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mention that in here. That you have, you must role play out this switch from humanity to a path. You have to. If you just hand wave through this, I promise you, you were going to miss that depth that this offers you to build a character that has true pain to pull on to become jaded to. I like you that, want- though, because like as you're mentioning here, this is one of the times where V5 shines in terms of what it means, right? Because it was built in to have those touchstones, and now knowing... And then the thing is, you know, it's, it's one of the things that we're happy about, or I'm happy about, is like th- this book waited, and, and I should say, you know, Sabat book into this waited long enough to go through the core of understanding. Do you understand how to play Vampire Fifth Edition? Perfect. Do you understand touchstones and your convictions mean something? Perfect. Because now when we get to this, the stripping of it is much more impactful than I feel that we had in previous editions of the book. Because you literally see that piece of yourself go away. Well, they do something unfair. In the previous mm-hmm. editions of the book, you just said humanity was a number. Mm-hmm. And it told you the morality and where it failed. That's there's no touchstone there for you to worry about. It was just let's do a series of things that could strip your humanity. This right. that actually was better in my opinion because this feels like training wheels. We're telling you to design touchstones for your character that's important to you, but they could be a person, it could be a place, it could be whatever item you have on you, something important. But ideally, any living touchstone, we're absolutely going to wreck shot because they do this to make sure you cannot get humanity back. Mm-hmm. Right, each touchstone we eliminate, we're replacing it with a path touchstone that we want to put on it. Right, and and in V five, path rights rights are touchstones. Right, retake yes. can mm-hmm. be a touchstone for the path you have, and they give you instruction for that. And I mm-hmm. found this to be both brilliant and odd. Why? I love it and I don't like it at the same time. <laughs> right, it's very very simple. Let me take a, a sneak peek here, real quick. I believe it's the Devourers, right? The Path of Cain adherence. You know, the, of all the retay that they could do that you could give them, I was shocked to not see that they didn't have a retay right up their alley. And that is a Contrition Rites before Diablery. They have it as like an advantage and a version of it. I saw that, you know, later on in there it reveals that. But I really wanted it to be a touchstone because I think that should be who they are. They're called Devourers. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be brilliant to have like... You're going to commit some diabri. You're in path of Cain. You got someone. You're a devourer. You're going to you're going to do that. But you bring them back to church. Take me to church, right? You bring them in and you sit down. And you tell the priest, "Yeah, I got them. I got them. Me some eatums." And this is what's going on. And and forgive me because when I did this, I failed to do this. I failed to do that. Or an example: What if I get in front of everybody and I bring the pack and they're all in here and there's 15 of us and we're all around and I got the core five who are up there and I'm one of the lesser and they're like, "Oh, Bob." You've brought us the gift. But is this the target of the war party we were seeking? 
no father, because that's what you're supposed to say. You know, it's a moniker they have. No father, I have failed, you know, to the priest. And the priest is like, oh, what are your thoughts? Well, I have failed. It's that simple. I failed to do this. I failed to do that. And so I scrambled and grabbed what we could get from there. And I do believe this is a chilled, but I do not know. In my zealotry, I merely staked them when I could after they had killed two or three of our brethren. We do not mention the fallen. They're weak. And therefore, we're not capable of wielding the sword. But you were. And you brought this here. We have heard you. We will think of the only contrition possible, and that is to steal his strength, to strengthen your weakness, so that you may be stronger in this. But we seek the insights you glean. All of us bow your head in silence as we witness this diablery and his insights, which he will gibber, right? Or something like that. You know, give a chance to make it part of it. Why? We're justifying more than just the cool right. We're justifying why he doesn't lose humanity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, that's what we're doing. Why he doesn't lower on that, why it does not impact, is because the sense of forgiveness comes through a sacrament, and the sacrament reaffirms the loyalty to the path and thus the pack. And that hold is there, and that's more insidious, and that feels more cultish to me, which I think was the draw of this. I'm not too, I'm being creative with this, not necessarily critical, because the ideas and seeds are here to have it laid out, and I'm happy to see that this is a the direction they went with. To right. somewhat a degree, but it's not quite there. I think if they bridge that gap, it gets rid of what's obviously there, which we'll, we may touch on later on. Uh, but it's like, this is better. And that's an idea of a touchstone that, that should be reaffirmed in there, right? Because what, what if I, we, I, I eat poor Mima, right? My grandmother's my touchstone. <laughs> I want her to be solid, no, no, no. and that's okay. But you tell me we're replacing her with monomacy? Right, like that—that's—that's mm-hmm. that's the thing listed, and I was like, I don't get that. Like, I get to pick it. You give options. You're just giving options. It's based on my concept. But I was like, I would like something more linear, something we all can get behind a little bit, and and more definitive. Because this book is written to say options, options, options. You can't give options to the rigidity of somebody getting instruction to do something. You can't go, hey Bob, how do I do this? And I tell you, well, what you could do is three different ways to do every single thing. Because then you aren't telling me shit. Right? <laughs> With this, you're telling me pick your own path. It might work out. It might not. I, that would be frustrating as hell. Right? But I understand. It's hard. But you're trying to appease all audiences with this. And unfortunately, I don't think it quite hits the mark with that. But what it does do is get you to open up on what they were trying to do. And to show, like, basically, when you're pioneering this, and this is a path of enlightenment pioneering to make it playable, grand idea touchstone to swap touchstone and we're ruining it another best idea here they have in here is that you don't lose humanity it's hard woven into the whole process of how does it do that guys it does it by telling you that the way that it treats humanity at this point in time is it is your mortal identity that you're keeping on to it, it, it treats it so that you understand and I think it was also I, I thought it was pretty quirky but also pretty interesting and it's something I thought about what you are, there always has to be a sense of self, right? And at that point, this is what we were talking about before, how the Sabbat wears you down eventually so that you lose your own identity because you are a jarhead. You are now part of the system at one point or another. So it, it's funny to be like, you are now struggling. The game that you are playing is the struggle between what you remember of who you were versus what you will become. Because what's interesting about this is on a path, when you reach the end, you really don't reach the end. When you get to the end and you're supposed to lose your last thought of humanity, instead you treat it as taking an aggravated point of willpower. 
But imagine that. You're already at humanity. What? You're barely... It's like you're barely lucid as yourself. I once remember who I once was as DJ. I, sure. <laughs> well, hold, well, the leg piece, yeah. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> as you're, and you're like, yeah, so, it's interesting, right? That was that was a thing that caught me, and I thought that was kind of, uh, and I, I don't, it's just, it was quirky, but I thought it was cool because I could see how it plays itself out, and especially as a protagonist. I say, brilliant. Yeah. It's it's one of those things that help fuel your role play and understanding. Mm-hmm. Instead, you're losing yourself to the beast. Boo hoo. Right. You have the touchstones of the path. You're not losing those. You're just losing who you were as a human, and you're not a human anymore. Paths run to this in a lot of ways, depending on what it is. And that's what you're trying to do. But that'd be really hard to do. But it lets you know just how much of the beast you should be roleplaying and how much of you you should roleplay. How much is the vampire, how much is you, in other words. And Mm -hmm. that, I think, players begged for. Because they couldn't see how the two would meld. And now that gives them a gauge without them needing necessarily directly what it is. And if that sounds nebulous, it's on purpose. It's written to say... You know, you do you, but as that humanity gets low enough, are you playing more Bob or are you playing more the vampire Bob that's down here? You know, which would be a devourer, which is a clear direction of what these guys are like. And how much of that are we seeing in your RP of this character? It's an interesting thing. Um, On that, though, since we have that down, we also understand that the whole point of this process is just to recap... When you go through a creation, right, it's all about the abusive Mala showing you the new view of the world, right? That's the path they are on. They are abusing your humanity gone by replacing your touchstones, and you're doing whatever you can to latch onto your sanity. That's of your humanity being knocked out, you're, you're adopting to this touchstone by saying, hey, I'll focus on the Valdry because when I get abused like that, it allows me to latch on to all the other members of the pack that I can meet that are my peers, and this gives me a sense of belonging, which reinforces the loyalty that the Mala wants anyway. They want you to feel that, right? Your abused peers and you go through the same thing. That's the loyalty of the sect. Then it says the beliefs and dogma of the sect are reinforced, right? Because there's a fanaticism thrown in. Because as this monstrous impulse is becoming more acceptable to you, according to the views of the path, we're replacing your perception based on what you're doing. This is a must-have for what's going on. In other words, brainwashing. We're brainwashing you from who you were to our effect, as DJ said. And it's the fast method. Important distinction here, though. It says this is something that can't be done on your own. This is something you can't read a PDF or have a book and find a path that you choose or whatever. You must have a mentor or a mala. Someone has to show you the ropes. Why is that? You don't have the advantage of several mortal lifetimes to get it right. And I do mean get it right. It points that out. If you get it wrong and you're not really doing something to bring you peace with your beast, which is what a lot of these paths have done, then you're falling to the wassail. It's your fate and what it's going to be on your own. And many have, right? There's there's, there's tons of stories of how paths come about. And everybody... you know what's a good one to kind of also bring into play? That's like someone saying, you know what, I've seen... I want to play a serial killer, right? Or some... and Once again, this is all theoretical, folks, but just to, to be extravagant with it. I watch Mindhunters, and I go, you know what? I want to be a serial killer. This should be pretty easy. Let me go ahead and fight Ted Bundy. If I emulate him enough, I should be able to do something. You are not ready to be a serial killer in any way, shape. You don't have the mindset for it, and as you start thinking, you're going to go through, like, whacking people left and right, thinking this is what they would do. That's not it. There's a profile behind whether there's a modus operandi, and in the process of you doing so, you will go insane. You have to start coming to grips with actions that you've taken that you weren't ready for. 
and that'll break you down, and that is what will lead to the wassail. And I think that's the most comparable analogy I can make for something that'll draw the attention for it, because that's exactly what it should be to someone who's losing it. And the reason I have to use killer is because you are a vampire. You're doing horrendous things to people. You're doing horrendous things to people that you love and to others, and making that distinction that you are further and further and further away from what you once were. To this end, we're going to jump to a path. We're just going to pick this up a bit. Um, there's huge chunks that we're not going to go over this book because we're trying to hit specific points to kind of shed some lights, answer some questions here. And what I'm going to look at right now is Path of Cain, the Path of Cain as presented here. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think? Is it possible that we can make the Path of Cain genderless? Cain can become genderless and more of an idea than an actual. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I do, at least for the... the this path of Cain, absolutely, because the the idea behind it, uh, as and this is certainly tainted by like my understanding of it in previous editions, right? But trying to push that all away from what's in this book and uh, what we've read about in other like cults of the blood god, for example, this is um, <clears throat> I'm not gonna lie, path of Cain has always felt much like a, a generic vampire path. Do you know what I mean by that? Not at all. Like, I thought okay. it was pretty specific. What I mean by that is it's focusing on every, everything else. Like uh, Cathari has a, a focus on, like, has a very religious focus on it, right? You're they're put on here for a reason. There's a, a struggle against uh, um, uh, laws and norms. But with this, it was with Path of Cain. It always struck me as like you are. It, it's you're focusing on being an alpha predator, right? Like even. Uh, convictions they have in here like failure is not an option to fail is a it would be to have a stain are you are you following along with me so i kind of i kind of get that but we're off the res here what, what we're looking at here is like i understand you path of Cain trying to say mm-hmm. and showcase that point but it's called path of Cain. Cain is the focus it is based on nada's lore about following Cain to be the path of Cain, to be as Cain is Cain is the dark father that is the first vampire. Is that in any contest at all with no, anybody no. here? Okay, if that's in any contest, how would you make it not patriarchal? Hmm. Right, because I contest this word. This word, actually, it actually triggered me, this wording. It says a belief structure that has only recently shed its most patriarchal ways. And I was like, I don't, I don't get that. Why, why does that have to be an attempt? Because it's always been the path of Cain, just the dark father. We know what he did. He killed his brother. It's a biblical reference. It relates to an actual religious story that they stole for, for a path to brainwash people. Like, its purpose is to do that. I already told you the originator of this was a guy, right? Mm-hmm. Who was emulating what? The laws of Hakim that were watered down and kind of took it in his own way and created the path of Cain from it because you can't follow elements, so you might as well follow this. This is also why they're called the Devourers. Because it's a very, you're right, a predator, of course, but what's Cain, the ultimate predator? What'd he do? He killed his brother. Why? He's the first murderer. Why is he the first murderer? Because God made him the first murderer. That's how it works. You got a problem with that? Check out the original story of who wrote it. By the way, it's allegedly God, right? That's where he came from, (laughs) right? That's what they want you to believe. But you you can't fuck with that story. That has to be the, for it to be the path of Cain, you can't, you, you can't wipe out Cain. You can't right. update an ancient religion and make it to fit the social norms of the times because that's what you want to do because you're removing vampire. You're removing the immortal from the material. This is supposed to be a, a path 
burning itself down because as it gets updated, it's losing its origins. Right. But you would have to be low on your IQ to not get that Kane is a guy. It says it everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. In fact, and they even use the, the patriarchal title, right? Dark Father. That's all throughout. Not only um, that, not only that, you have the fact that it opposes Lilith. Mm-hmm. We all know the big shtick about Lilith. She taught Cain according to Nadis Lord. Right? Taught her some things. Or taught she taught him some things, and Cain betrays mm-hmm. her. That's the big stick about it, and you have to stick to that. Now, I'm only saying that the patriarchal way is only recently shed. It's only because it's a comment that might have said we've recently, maybe tyrannical or domineering fact that they had it. Because the Path of Cain, as not as they did have a dominance in sect. Now, I'm not mm-hmm. going to beat that up any more than point that out. But there's a, there's a line here that when we got the material we want, remember, we're talking about villains, not about people we want to come over and talk to our moms, meet our sisters, and have our wives understand that we do care that women have equality today in 2022 right that's what i'm making a distinction of we're reading a horror book learning how to play horrific things we can get beyond the fact that these guys might be set in their ways just a little bit a little anachronistic right wrong or indifferent it's okay we haven't beat anything else up for it or misdirect and that little bit misdirected me because i'll tell you they recover easily you never hear another mention of it either and i feel that this is an example of authors trying to kind of spruce it up a bit to keep it to keep it lively because if you go and read the path of cain in the other book and to read this Path of Cain, it's, it's not dramatically different. Right? You know what I think it is, Bob? I think it's added in there because, especially, the, there's one thing that does get mentioned. It is the Church of Cain, right? And there has to be a distinction between both. There has to be because they're someone so close in terms of, like, wording itself. But what it does is it sets it to be, and, and the way I took it was, remember that the, the subjective voice. And even though it's kind of written that way, I have to believe, or the way I kind of do it in my mind is, well, shit, we have Baharis in our group. We know that the Church of Cain is completely opposed to it. We got to do something to make these two work in the same spot. Well, why don't we just talk about the Dark Union? What do you mean the Dark Union? Listen, listen, right? Look, we're going to go to drawing board. If we could just say Cain and Lilith is going to be the power couple, they're going to be the Kanye and Kim before Kanye flipped his shit, we might be able to get away with having both around and without them destroying each other because we need every soldier for the war. Are we good? But I, I asked the question, DJ. Are you saying that the Church of Cain and the Path of Cain are one and the same? Or in no. I'm not. I'm saying that they're using that as to say, like, hey, listen, come join our camp, because we ain't going to turn you away for being a Baharist or believing in Lilith. Ah, Hulili, too. Okay. We good? We good? Okay. Okay. I got you here. And maybe we yeah. could, but I feel we're making it up. We're not spitting glue to make it work. And why I say True. we don't do that, I do that a lot. But why I'm saying don't do that here is because the Church of Cain does use that shtick, which I think is what your point is, is that exactly. they are trying to open it up to it. Because the camp said, oh, there is no Cain. Right, and they said, but there is. <laughs> come over here and learn, and we can all do a lot. A lot of good. Kind Everybody of, but no. Come. Right. 8 to 80, blind, crippled, crazy, younger, old, doesn't matter. LGBTQIA, I'm good, you're good, we all good, eh, hey. You know, whatever you want to say, you know, they're going to take it all because it takes all comers. That's the church of Cain. That's what the hard-nosed devourer should point at to devour. That's what you should do. That you forget mm-hmm. to be as Cain is to be the murderer, which is the one thing you can't forget. That's what you seek to be. And they, and they do that. Now, that's at its base level. That leads to a sale if you don't have anything to grip onto. And they have a loose, tentative hold based on what that is offered here. And I think the path does a good job of pointing that out here. For mm-hmm. an advanced path in route to destruction. Why do I say that? To get away of the book, the book scholar. That's what this started as. It was a scholarly learning that mixed the martial bent. 
of the Sabbat. That's also why this used to be a dominant path. It started that way. That's what we wanted people to do. And if you look at the revisions too, before V20, its origins weren't necessarily one guy. It's, it resurges, right? This is something that gets dropped and picked up and dropped and picked up, but they don't lose the base story, which is my whole point. Right. Now, when you go through this and you enjoy this path for what it is, you understand that you're a devourer, the next thing is, I, I didn't like the fact that in the heartbeat notes, it, it talks about having a dress code. Oh, the, the, the team colors? Yes. Black, red, and white? Yeah, I... Um... I don't, I, I don't understand that at all. Honestly, I can kind of see, I can see red. I, I don't think we need to talk about why red would be a color associated with them. But why, why white? Would, would that? I, I, I don't know. Like it seemed, it seemed weird that I'm that's not what they focused on. It. I'm not fashion critiquing it, but how does wearing a shirt help you role play? I'm just saying, you either crip your blood or you're a devourer. I'm just throwing it out there. Right. That's my point. That's the only critique I'd say forward to effect. I think that'd be more like, you know, style of dress or to feel more in character. That would be an out-of-character comment. Right? To show unity at a LARP? That's a good dig. You know, everybody wear dark colors, be here, so like, draws the like. That's a good thing to throw in. And a tabletop RPG, I don't know necessarily I, need, I need that. Because typically you can do be more descriptive, use photos, and the whole nine. And it's, and it's better to let that be as it is, where it lay, right? Um, however... All of V5 goes over a fashion overhaul. There's some weird modeling thing that goes on. And, you know, I heard I heard from many, and even the source that, oh, yeah, our intent was blah, blah, blah. I don't care about that. I've never been a fan of the artwork being updated. It feels too cliched and unnecessary. Um, it's, it's, it's vampire. It's, it's sexy vampires to deal with sexy vampires. Okay, we've always been sexy. This is our sexy in our sexy to be sexy. I get it, right? We all want to look good. Power fantasy, ego included. We want that all to be there. Get out of my sabbat. Get out of my sabbat. If you're Diabolus, be monsters. If you're a badass, be a badass. But ripping apart, killing, hunting, destroying, Diabolus, eating a soul, false religion developed on power mania, I don't, I don't need your dress code, bro. Okay, it's not even needed. If you want me to dress like they did in Enoch, I'm wearing a loincloth of the face of my enemy. Okay, that's it. So you can see who I killed. I don't need clothes, right? That's Enochian. And we built this city out of mud and blood, right? That's how it goes down. <laughs> That's just me, because I think that would be a better depiction in, in a lot of way of how I would do something close to it. However, if you're a modern dude, you slow down and you take your Ritalin, because, uh, uh, you know, a lot of coffee. Um, what you do is you go, okay, but I want to be brutal. I want to showcase that. And if this were in a TV show which we know all of V5 kind of had that in mind, right? To be a TV show, to be a video mm -hmm. game, all things in one. <sighs> I got to shut up in this fits, right? I got to go. We can't catch a new audience by doing this hardcore, over-the-top, monstrous horror first type stuff. Elements are there, but we got to leave room for everybody, and I hate that. We do, but I'm not a fan of that. I'm a fan of the material. I'll use it how I do. That's just me. To roll it on. Path and convictions are there. You can see them. I feel they're a dime a dozen. You can almost make up convictions for this stuff at this point. These are solid. I'm not taking that away from it. Mm -hmm. It's great. However, what is awesome, path compulsion. DJ, what is the path compulsion for this? The path compulsion is voracious. The devourer must feed immediately and will subdue mortals and weaker vampires if necessary. If they fail to reduce their hunger step by one, uh, by the scene's end, they suffer a minus two penalty on all rolls for the rest of the night. Why this is cool is specifically because... 
we are one. We think the exact same way, right? It removes the clan compulsion or removes a personal one. It's literally acting out what you were always set to be. And especially when you're a path of Canaan here, it's like, oh, well, you know, I'm in control most of the time, especially since I know I'll get over here. And you start munching at the little guy. <laughs> hey, hold on. Hold on. Hold on, DJ. I'm, I'm confused. Again, I'm going to laugh too. I've never dealt with this material. What the hell am I listening to, you three monkeys? What do we got? So what's a compulsion in Vampire now? I'm old school. What is this? What, what are we dealing with? Their compulsion essentially is a mechanic that's put into play to show you what happens when your beast kind of goes into control of itself, right? Typically, this is usually whenever you're, like, rolling a botch. Well, we used to call the botch in the old school ways whenever you're kind of going into a frenzy of sorts. It's no longer you get to... It's something that innately either triggers in the blood, or in this case, it's specifically calling to your path. This is how you act because this is how you be the entire time. So it's a bestial failure that triggers this, you're saying? Right. Right? So or I'm even a bestial success. It could either go one of two ways, but Ooh, either extreme. He caught me. Either extreme could do it. Absolutely, you caught me. Why do I like this so much? Voracious. They're devourers, this is what they do. Their beast's go-to is like an establishment of some crazy dominance thing, right? It's like to run forward, ah, I'm going to eat somebody, subdue immortal, eat them, ah, I'm the beast. Awesome. Fantastic. By the way, every path has something like this, and to me, whoever thought of it, give them every dollar. This book is worth that. That is awesome. It's brilliant, and uh, my brain never even went there to even think about sitting down and thinking what might that look like. That's terrifying. That Can you cool. imagine sitting down with a pack and they have a book of nod, and you're like an anarch and you're like, who are these losers? Hey, is that like a Seventh Day Adventist book? <laughs> this guy <laughs> over here, one of them starts growling, and and the priest doesn't even move, doesn't even bother to stop them, and then another one of them just like yells out a mini howl, and you see all these dogs from the neighborhood just show up at the opposite end taking an odd look at their new master and that person just cocks their head to the left and right staring at you and you're like uh should I leave and they go do you know the word of Cain and you're like Cain <laughs> hey like whatever man like just leave, save that Jesus freak crap for somebody else and it triggers them some type of way like a bestial failure happens cause here's the other thing about the spot and why I love packs what pack member is gonna stand by when you're like you know, defiant. So this compulsion kicks in. You're like fangs out. Ha! Grab a mortal and eat that mortal because they're nearby. But it wasn't the dude you're mad at. No. Like you were frustrated, so you eat that guy. They're all going to be like, huh, "You must be hungry." No way, man. In my head, they're ripping apart everybody. Uh-huh. That just became when, the blood show. But when not- yeah, one jumps, say, everyone triggers. jumps. That's the point yeah. of the pack. But not the guy with the mouth. <laughs> not the guy who gave offense. That's the part I love about it the most. That dude's like, oh shit, damn, all they even eat Freddy. They eat the guy behind the counter who sold me some booze. Oh man, damn. And the dogs are keeping him right in the middle. And then they get done feeding, they turn around. I was asking you about Kane. Are you willing to hear the word? Yep. Mm hmm. Right? Immediately that guy's, oh, Kane is good. I just donated to Kane's church not a while ago. And that'll get him killed, right? But you get the yes. point. Right? <laughs> yeah, uh, but you right. get the point. Whatever it is, it's fear. That fear is something you can taste out of that now. And I dig that a lot. Um, but with uh, no path earnings that they have going on, and, and, and with the humanity point that we want to drive home, they have a whole section that explains to you why that you won't see a path rating in the book. And also... It makes it super easy to go through and talk about these with your with your players. You know, it's easy to say, this is where you're at, this is what you got going on. Tailor it with your own touchstones, talk to them about what you might do. This makes all the paths you got pretty, pretty simple. However, path advantages. Yeah, as players we like more. 
I'm going to state that. I'm going to set this up. As players, we like more. We want to get a book because it offers more. It offers new. A fresh take. An advantage. Is a good thing. I do feel this book kind of hyped up the elements for the advantages, though. The path advantages specifically, right? Like, they're providing an extra extra. But did they need to be a point? Like, I would like to cut back on players having to be so mechanical in creation. And, and to me... There's a bloat, right, when too much is added, where it just bears you down. Like, with this... Um I'm not I'm not a, a super fan of the idea because because of that idea. I feel like the I love the paths. Like everything we've talked up of until this point, like it's it's greatly well done. I feel like reading this like we we played uh we started a, a V5 Sabat game and like we we ran some of our own stuff, but like there were times where we were head scratching like how is this going to work and I feel like everything here uh, can work really well how it's described, but when you start adding things like extra extra advantages, that's just more more I think baggage. I think the path in and of itself displays a lot of advantages with the uh, with the focus to the the right a touchstones or the other touchstones the path has, and even just the compulsion by itself. I think that's more than enough. But maybe I'm more of a less is more guy. What what I will say to it. I'm not saying get rid of the the added two that they give you here, but to me that would be storyteller add-ins, right? Mm. Storytellers, if this path performs a retake together and it goes off well, include oh. this as a benefit to the performers. Who I are didn't even think it. about that. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm down for that. I would earn it. Yeah, you're right. That's the only way I could see it working. Otherwise, you know, the, I will tell you from my perspective when I was taking a look at it. I said to myself, there's almost no reason to play a camera or other vampire. At this point, I started thinking the only way this is going to work out where it balances itself up is if Bob was STing. We got to we gotta turn the dial. You know how there's a limiter to something, especially when you get the crack <laughs> Turn lighter? it to 11. Spinal I, tap, I was baby. like, yeah, we got to get rid of the 10 and move it to 12 in order for this to balance itself out. We got to be really in there for this to like balance itself out because it, it it's almost a win more. I Although, if you do it in the fashion that you said, Bob, I think it makes a lot more sense as a reward. Um, because then it feels like it's introducing for, for appropriate role playing, but it also gives you an incentive to want to get to it instead of just saying buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it. Now I told you that that story about the Diablo how I would do it to reward Path of Cain. We're gonna include this tie in real quick. In here, it's mm-hmm. basically a system of XP. It says if everybody's witness to you diabolizing in a sense of like a, a contrition, right? You offer basically the I believe it's a confession of a type, and and you go forth and basically you go ahead and confess what you've done before the Diablo. Instead of you taking a humanity hit, you take aggravated willpower. That's that's mm-hmm. what you take. Which, to me, useless. Now, Bob, why is it useless? You're not losing humanity. Well, it's because it doesn't really teach the lesson. It doesn't really stick to the ribs. It doesn't really hammer it home. Everyone else gets an XP. That's great. Everyone participated. You know, okay. I don't quite know why. I don't know why. I don't know why Brennan gets to go up there who was just there. And didn't even roleplay, was just witnessing it. And now because he witnessed it, he gets an XP on my work? Alright, cool. I'll spread the love, I guess. I'll take that hit. That's just Bob being selfish. You're damn right. It's a vampire thing. But, let it go. Alright. Well, now I'm going to take an aggravated willpower hit instead of a humanity hit. And the whole point of Diablo is that personal stripping of my humanity. I feel. I don't think it should be there in Path of Cain ever. At all. But I think the mechanism done, and I agree with that, is that the confession's part of it. You mm-hmm. hear it, and that forgiveness drop, stops me from losing it. That way it's meaningful, Diablo, and that's great. It's a little adjustment, but that is like a I think it's a level three advantage that you got to take to be able to do that. And that's something I'm like, well, that's greater as a storyteller mechanic. If yes, Another one is a lower level one is the dream one I actually think is good. The dream messages? Oh, yeah. 
the dream messages yes. are dope. If I'm if I'm there as a peck and we talk and do a sermon and whatnot, and we we participate in a sermon that came before we go out to kind of go at the enemy wherever we sleep because the peck might deviate. The peck priest is able to think a message to the peck, and in dreams they receive it and know what we're doing next the next night, so on and so forth because it travels through the blood mystically. I'm all about that, provided we're a pack that has loyalty, union, and we didn't leave with issues. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were operating as one and everything was copacetic. That's a great reward that's seamless for NST. It keeps things pounding on toward a plot perspective, and it maintains the fun, and the players feel empowered, and they feel they're on the right path because they do it together. And it's a great tie-in. But at this point, everybody kind of has to take that point, right? To gain benefit or to be able to trigger it. And it's when it's player-motivated, it seems less rewarding than when it's storyteller-granted for good RP. That's my point. But that's me. Who am I, right? Um, but going down to uh, Path of Cathari, and we're not going to do every path, but I'm going to point out how these paths are done, because my hat's off to them. This path is one of the ones that, that also I was like, what is going on here, Right? Because it says the followers of Cathari make up the majority of the Sabbat. Since when? Right? Why is that now the focus? If we're all a bunch of sawed-off psychos running around doing what we gotta do in this Gehenna game, why do I give a damn what a hedonist wants to say? Like, what is up with that, right? But then it goes on to say that they uh, they exult in feeding the, the beast cravings for blood, lust, and violence. Alright. That sounds like every Sabbat member I ever heard. Like, that's mm. kind of the point. We're gearing them up to violence. Why are you special, right? But then it adds in that the uh, the deepest mysteries instill a respect for fate and their role as a vampire. Um, basically, it says that they have they have a divine plan based on corruption. I'm a little twisted here. Based on corruption is kind of kind of off for me because the Albigensians weren't necessarily like that. I'm not going to bring up old shit. I'm trying to just use what they got here. But to help kind of wet my whistle, it says. It is their place to feast in the material world and tempt others unworthy of the spiritual world to do the same. But does it tell us how to play a catharsis with spirituality? The answer is not really. It doesn't give us that in as to what would be spiritual or how to display that spiritual, which would be a hard part about doing this. I know a lot of people trip up on this path because it gets stuck at the hedonist part without the back half, mm-hmm. without establishing mm-hmm. what's worthwhile. Right. What's purity to you is not purity to me, and where's that line? I guess the ST helps get you there. No problem. Here's where I said, what? The Canaanites believe the antediluvians wish to shatter this preordained cycle of fate by consuming all things profane and divine. I said, hang on a second. So you're all about violence, blood, eating things, and being a devil here. And then you have this spiritual half of unknown means and a sense of purity that's based off your own perception. So you're mad that the antediluvians are doing it? It, yeah, right. Like, what cycle are they are they trying to break? Well, like, I don't. It's kind of when you start talking about this and listing it out, like what the antediluvians are doing, like or what they have done, like in their stories. How are they? How are they anything uh, against what the Cathars believe? Like when they're what they have done, boohoo, bupkis. They've done nothing. You're saying the antediluvians have done something. Right, so what are they basing that off of? That's that's my exact point, and okay. we're back to what I said. <laughs> we're back to what I said. Can bullshit float? Right? That's what this is saying. How to make a cult from nothing is based mm-hmm. on how this said. We're This is where we're recruiting people saying, hey, everybody's involved, man. All of you come over here. We'll show you how to live the life of a vampire. Why have all that guilt, man? 
Put it to the side. You don't even need it, bro. Just throw it over there. Nobody cares. You want to eat, fuck, devoured, cannibalism, do it all, incestuous, whatever you want to do, you're free to do it because you're a vampire now. Have fun. We forgive you. But then they go, wait a minute. Those priests on this path divorce themselves from all these worldly things. And they're purifying themselves via denial. As long as they can without blood or participating in this. And then give sermons of a gaudy nature where they bring out stuff like severed goat heads, pentagrams, and whatnot. These these overly the top satan like, hang on a second, this feels like this feels like you watch Death Clock and you like the church of this Lucifer that's mentioned in Death Clock in that series, right? Metalocalypse, excuse uh-huh. me. Yeah, in yeah, Metalocalypse, yeah. Uh-huh. You, you saw that church and you went, those guys would be a hysterical thing to bring into a game. But but as a religion, and could we pull it off? And that's what I couldn't help but imagine. I said, what are we really doing here? Like, are we saying that the Albigensian method has fallen so far that we understand that there's a demiurge, but we're not really going to define it here? We're not really going to give us clear instruction as to why there's a demiurge and how to follow what to do. We're going to make it as short and succinct as possible to say there's a world of the spiritual, but we are in the flesh. We are in the material. So, but we can have an eye to the to the spiritual, but we're not going to give that direction push there. But tell people that's what's going on. You're playing young members on the path of Cathari, not the elders. St, you play the spiritual elders or pet priest who is a Catharist. Remember to occasionally deny yourself that extra mortal at the next Esbot. Right, you're trying to send an example of purity here. You know, they need to, they need to follow you. It's like saying everyone else is free to be immature and follow those desires and impulses, but you have to be the adult here, Pat Priest. You pulled the short straw. And I'm like, I don't necessarily agree with that. And the way to clean it up is is your choice. But but I definitely would give more of a clear decision. But this assumes again that I think it, from the perspective of how it's written, I, I know the old material, so I know what they're saying. But what if I never knew the material, and it's the first time seeing it? That hypocrisy stares me in the face. Right? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I would tear up the book looking, what did the antediluvians do that was so bad? Mm-hmm. D- does it state that? Anywhere. Bro, 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 wait, wait, brother, you're not, it's not time for you to see behind the veil yet. Right now, we're too busy <laughs> trying to summon Cain. When and if you reach that ring of enlightenment, we will then go ahead and do so. Until then, bring me the goat head. We have Kate to summon. (laughs) There we are. And I will wait for my goat head. Uh, To pick up the pace here, anti-tribute. We know the anti-tribute are a thought process, but Mm -hmm. what were some of... Did you guys like the portrayal of these clans in here? And I'm not looking for an in-depth, but like, can you give a clan that you're like, oh yeah, this hit the mark for me? Or, hmm, this might have needed some work. I'll go first. I liked the Ravno one. And I think the Ravno one is because it kind of falls in line with what we've known before, and especially because it only further proved... Like, when, when the Antiluvian woke up, and they were like, where's the enemy? Ravnos are like, he woke up, we're first, Ravnos first, we saw this guy, and the, you thought we were crazy, and we started eating each other, it was the Sabbat who took us, made sure we didn't eat our kin, because we, we don't got to worry about that, but we we were what we said we were, right? And I think the, the write-up for it, especially when it's talking about the fact that they are very well aware of their existence, they're very well aware that their Antiluvian was one to fall, but they also know their identity. They are stuff of nightmares, because they could bring nightmares to life where no other can. And it's interesting on how that was kind of written up, and I thought that was a really cool write-up for them themselves. And, to give you an excerpt of that, of why I fell in love with a lot of things in this section, just to say, um, in here about Ravno, I did this quote that made me feel was very Ravno anti-tribe, right? And it says, They thought we were finished. But they forgot we are the clan of nightmares and the sword of Cain has always accepted us as we are, not as others wanted us to be. 
We are empowered by fear, and our undead blood brings the very stuff of stolen dreams to life. Illusions made real life nightmares. Thought it was great. Um, that, and yeah, in that voice of what that is, which is what they do, that I think is super smart. They use the voice of a religious fanatic. Where this, not how you would get Bob, but you know, like you're gonna bring me in. Like if you had the knowledge now and you're gonna be brought into this sect, you'd be like, well, I don't know. Can I go back and try again? I don't really like that guy as my sire. Like you might take that turn because it wasn't perfect. <laughs> but I'm not looking for perfect here. I'm looking for doable, right? To me, the Ravno Anti Tribute as presented, ah, stellar. It's it's a stellar delivery to bring home that oh, oh yes, it's a, it's a good feel. They don't feel like Ravno, right? Mm-hmm. As an original clan, and that's the point, and they nail it in my opinion. Uh, anything else, Brent or Brennan? Anything? Yes, uh, the one that uh, there were there were a couple in here that I liked a lot, but the one that left a lasting impression uh, with me was actually the the Tremere anti tribute, which I, <laughs> I wasn't actually expecting when I was going in here. Because in V five they've had an update, right? The Tremere clan isn't a monolith as a munch was. It was it's now fractured into several different houses. House Goratrix being one and one that isn't inside of the Sabbat anymore. So when we get to these Tremere that are in the Sabbat, I think uh, on, on the talk of quotes, the, the opening line is what sunk its fangs into me. It's power is our birthright. These Tremere don't care about any house. And while they might like respect Gortrix, as they said that, they're not following him because they can't trust him, right? Who would? So the Tremere life inside the Sabbat is still untrusted. Still, even after everything that's changed, that has that has always been the biggest problem with the Tremere inside the Sabbat is that no one freaking trusts them, and that still stays. So to be a Tremere in the Sabbat even now, without uh, the support of what was House Gortrix before, is an even bigger struggle. But from that reading, as we've talked about so far, right, the the weaker cast aside and fall behind. If you're a tr- if a Tremere that has survived in the Sabbat for an extended amount of time from this write up, uh, that that would be someone to to keep an eye on or get really buddy buddy with. I'd agree, I'd agree. I got two, and I'm going to mention uh, both like briefly here because I I love taking the quotes down. Like I said, I got nothing but love for these these these, these clan entries here. Uh, Brewer Anti Tribute. I just took a snippet from it. It says. But let's keep it 100. I was like, yeah. They yeah. got a photo in there of the glasses on the brother. Uh, she just, you know, I, excuse me, I said brother, but I think it's a female actually is the character. That's just sitting with the mirrored glasses. The light is done right. The art is so good for that right there. Mm-hmm. And it says, keep it 100. What are they talking about? Well, I'll give you an idea. It's the Bruhaianti. They ain't talk about being Huggy Bear, right? I enjoy this a lot. And it says, another one is, and I devoured that shit like a Camla Sombra eating a Ventru's ass. And yeah, I said, nice. we clearly understand who's reviewing this book today day right that's that's a dope <laughs> dope entry for the brewery to tribute what's their angle we don't need to tell you about who we is or what we've been you ain't got shit ain't never done shit if it wasn't on our backs that's who made it possible that's who the fuck we are i love that attitude stand forward be proud be who you are and recognize you didn't get a thing if we didn't bring it up now many can contest others can step up but no one is going to get in front of that group and, and try to take that, that attitude out of them. You need them to have that attitude. And I think it's echoed there well. A flavor flip. I enjoyed the Gangrel entry. I struggled yeah. with shedding my mortal self, but my brother the beast helped me. 
I found myself as the lupines often do, moon-mad and sky-clad in the wilderness. I tore out the throat of my old self. I visited those closest to him and silenced their pull on my heart. This is primal. This is somebody mm. who is speaking to you almost. It's the same language you can understand in a way you can't quite get. Your, your human instincts are in the way. You're not listening the right way. And they're trying to learn you something. You know, they might throat me for not understanding well. I, I'd rather enjoy that. You know, it captures to me that instinctual feel that clans should always hold. And they all do well. But to just to eye open real quick, they got Ministry Any Tribute in here. They got Hikata in here. And it's so wise to have the Hikata in here, and I'm going to tell you why. It hit me in the head that the Giovanni clan make better ghouls to the Harbingers of Skulls. Hear me out. Harbingers of Skulls should be the main mainstay. They're the baddest, right? They're the creepiest. They're the coolest. they got the power, right? Harbingers. Your ghouls would be the Giovanni, right? But their bodyguards would be the Semeti. And that, to me, is the trifecta. That's the tower of power. That's the way it should be. And who doesn't like a Giovanni with all their varied interests and incestuous power struggles and nonsense and ghouling process with the proxy kiss that it was? Them becoming just a Kata and you having a Harbinger directing them? I was like, wait a minute. And we're all in the Sabbat? Yeah, we're screwed if you're not Sabbat. Right? It's like, what's going on? And Why? They point out that the Hikata is how the Antediluvians have a hope of losing. This is the right. one place I've seen that it makes sense that if there is going to be a weakness found, it's going to be because the Hikata find it. It it just makes sense. It's not going to be found in the real world. you got to look into a lot of old stuff, forgotten and lost to time, which we're talking the land of the dead. Someone somewhere knows these antediluvians that hopefully is still around and if they are that's a powerful entity indeed and how do you wheel and deal let the hikata do work that's what you got to do now mm-hmm. i digress not going to go into much any more than that this book was not attempting to give you the end all be all on a lot right here because i think it's safe to say at this point we're not going to get an answer about antediluvians right it doesn't seem that if we got all the way down to clans right now that's what we're talking about do we have a clear-cut method and plan as to how we're doing it other than we're getting over there? Do you guys feel that, that you're armed with that knowledge? And maybe I missed it. No. I, I, I don't. I, I don't. And I think, honestly, with the... Uh, we, we want those answers as reviewers and players, right? We want to know the secrets behind it because we, we enjoy the lore and we also enjoy running it. But from the, the standpoint of, like soldiers in the sabbat in this cult that we've talked about for like what an hour and a half at this point if they gave you those concrete answers as to what the antediluvians were and all of this i think the the facade would break apart i think so too i think like uh if i had to run a quick story in my head and i'm just drawing up storyboard i'd rather be that person who's just like stuck in that van somewhere in the middle east and you take a look at bob hey bob how's it going and bob just like standing stares at me you're new here aren't you be like yeah we're going to war right and be like first time cool. first time cool. yeah imagine actually seeing the zami santa deluvian all he does is wink at you be a good lad and he just walks off and you're like what the fuck i was expecting like geysers of blood to shoot out of the ground i thought and he's just walking away what if it's worse right another antediluvian like shocker not shocker you get to venture into the Luvian, you know, of course no one cut my head off. And it's this monolithic powerful badass and he walks over and it says, why shouldn't I kill you humans? And the humans chuckle and they hand him a smartphone and his head explodes. <laughs> right? Can you imagine that? How, what are these things? Right? Can you think back what that old eye last fuck knew, looked at, figured out, right? Um, it's stumped. Mind blown. What would they know? They wouldn't know a shit. 
And you're telling me they're waging a war? They're beckoning everyone to them to hyper-learn the modern world? I, I think... Listen, we're getting into the weeds here with a lot of that. Like, you know, it's un, my, my point was this. It is unfair to assume they're going to answer in a player's guide mm-hmm. what the antediluvians are doing and what the beckoning's about. We could just mm-hmm. throw that out, right? Baby with the bathwater kind of there. And just be like, you know, that's, that's a done deal. You knew they weren't. However... Having a plan that the Sabbat crazily thought would work, that's important. But they don't tell you they're going to use numbers. That would have been nice to see, like, formulate what they're going to do or how they're going to do it. It's just we're still warring against whoever's over there, and we're going to go there to have that hot war is, is what it's like. And we're not going to know that answer. So I want to help everybody pump the brakes even further. They haven't given you the story yet to show you what's going to be over there and how that's going to be if and when they do that. And we got to remember that. That's the important thing. So the, a, lot of, a lot of the hype and the questions asking all around, like, gimme, 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 well, you're not going to get. However, I'm going to do you one better. No, it's been a while. We're listening to this for a little bit. I'm going to wind down with some of the stuff that is in this book that is, uh, that, that is still hit or miss for me, at least, um, in Suit Yourself. One, we have Sabat Pack-specific advantages, which, which to me are game-breaking. What do you guys think? Uh yeah I so when I was first reading this I was thinking these are these are Sabat versions of the the coterie merits we saw in the first one in the in the other books right like we got domain chase this is like how hard of a hold you have on your area all right these make sense but going over here these go far and beyond that this is like um like giving them abilities to just like manipulate mortals on like a a large basis being able to move about from city to city something that's inherently dangerous for vampires to do but they can do it easily like yeah these i can definitely see these facilitating uh, a sabbat game but these go far these are wide-reaching merits what we're talking about is go ahead dj Oh, I was about to say the stuff that's presented in here as well is like exactly what I was talking about before when we were when we were talking about like the path advantages, which is you got to ramp your game up to twelve in order for this to balance itself out. Because this is a kind of I guess this is my way of thinking of the throwback version of where if you create a camera vampire, you had the ability to take background points to go ahead and build out and flesh your control over your character. Whereas if you're creating a, a sabot vampire, it's all about the tools that Kane gave you. You're going to war. This is what's going to happen. I I think that the way that it's built is for you to play in that type of game you are being armed with it but to the extreme like it is uh it is very potent to say the least i have to add this because i doubt brennan can remove that that cat yowling in the background is my cat saying you are over time speed this up i'm just telling you that right now it's just it's now an alarm my wife is instilled in it i really wish she could undo it and fix it but it is what it is um but well i apologize dj i just had to do because i heard it clearly you guys had to have heard it there's no way right so um, but I digress. Um, the point I want to hammer home, DJ, is yes, turn it up to a 12 is right. And I'm going to give you guys a taste of it, right? A preview of what's here. A little sampling. You got Rove, Clout, and Grasp. Now, what these three things do is they attribute to a Sabbat's overall what they call Arena of Influence. Excuse me. What this is an Arena of Influence means the nebulous combination of the nomadic range, spiritual reputation, and mortal influence the Sabbat will give to an area. So whether you're a nomad or a coven, apparently, you can take these advantages, and it represents, for instance, your rove. A pax rove determines how they can safely and quickly travel within a few nights. Right? This basically means alternate havens, good feeding spots, hidden supply caches. 
negotiated safe passes and secure vehicles, all aspects of the rove trade. Meaning telling the storyteller, they just got some dots high enough, just give it to them. It's no big deal. Now, hold that thought. What Cloud is, is the pack's reputation concerning their area of expertise and their ability to call upon large numbers of Sabbat and sect allies for aid. That speaks for itself. Hold that thought. Mm-hmm. Grasp. It's the pack's ability to bully mortals into doing their bidding or ignoring their crimes. Now, if you're an ST like myself, like these guys, and you've done Sabbat before, the number one thing that players want to do is they want to have consequences for their actions playing Sabbat that I've experienced. And over a decade, what I've witnessed is that people say, I want to cut loose, but I also want to be able to battle what comes from my consequences. Typically in the Camarilla, someone blows influence and they roll under the fence or they're screwing you over in a private meeting where you got nothing to do about it. Right? It's like already done or handled. You got to owe a favor. You never really get in the mix of how you could feel empowered to handle your business. You don't feel that. I feel this gives the Sabbat that like hand waving. Like, you don't, well, I don't want to deal with that. We got high enough uh, grass. We need to deal with the mortals. You know, they'll ignore what we do. Well, what are some examples of what mortals do in a Sabbat city, guys? Or just passing through a city? If oh. it was passing through a city, one I would choose, especially if you have the grasp, it ends up being, well, Cabrini Green, we're going to have a block party. And then they start closing it off. But that block party ends up becoming that staging ground. And you don't know what happens there. You ain't allowed to pass either. But what happens? To clean up time, start moving those barriers away. What happened? I ain't, I didn't see shit. Uh, nothing's happening there. It gives the impression of a video game, right? Right. That's that's yeah. what I'm saying. And you, you probably don't want that. Like, can you imagine taking out a police station, for instance, in a suburban town in Illinois called Naperville, renowned for its attention of almost being the second Chicago, and you wage war there? <laughs> Well, but I can't imagine that. I can't imagine it, right, fellas? But just no, think, if that, if that group had grasp, they would never have to worry about it. It was never mm-hmm. a thing. Or well, rove. There you go. Never caught. Easily through. Had no way you could catch us. Ain't stopping us. You know, feet don't fail me now. The point what I'm trying to drive home to is the point of playing a nomadic pack is to enjoy the difficulties and dangers of moving from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of why you do it. You want that road experience. That's that roadhouse stop where your pack's got to feed and how bad is it going to get is based on how bad you're and how hungry your pack member is. You kind of want that, that law to think they're pursuing some group of psychos across state and that guy that just won't give up who decided he's going to kill you because that's your new pack man. He doesn't even know it yet. Or that's the hunter that takes one of you out. But that's okay. The Sabbat's about trials and tribulations and the date and the night-to-night life toughens you and hardens you to be the warriors you are for the sect, right? Sort of how they see it, how their Rolan always did. All the material's been written that way. It pretty much is who the Sabbat is. And that's some of the funnest moments and the only chances players get to feel empowered in what they do. Because it's mm-hmm. daunting what you have to, well, not what you have to throw to pack, but what some stories will have a pack run into. Right? It can't can all be us having sessions of packmates talking across. But that brings me to something I didn't think of until I put this down and started taking notes, and I have a big note on it. Be sure to mention this. This seems like they're trying to reach to the LARP side. We don't have all the time in the world to take every pack that's at a LARP and pull them aside and run this side scene of them being here and them being there. And I've been to Sabat LARPs, and honestly, it sucks when it happens. It's okay when a narrator has to pull a pack to the side to handle something, or maybe two, because you got a couple narrators and they're doing that. That's okay. But we still don't want to hand wave what they're doing. 
that would suck. If you just got pulled aside, your priest goes, well, we got all this. Check out our check out our arena. We really don't have to deal with this. It's beneath us. We'll just spend some points for that. We'll go back to game. Okay. Yep, absolutely. We'll figure out how it works and do that. But sometimes you might need to because they're involved in a big city as bot and they got to make a showing and they don't got time to be pulled aside for it. Or the players are inexperienced and aren't quite used to it, but they want to get focused more on the RP than necessarily worrying about the consequences of what they did. You want to give them an out? I started seeing that there's reasons for this. But, as typically my opinion is, if everybody does, can't get a use from this, and it's not seen as a common use, and it only fills the niche for like one, maybe two circumstances, is it worth being there at all? I feel a lot of this can be taken care of with what the standard is already in the book. Right, just have that Sabat member bite the bullet and take the contacts and allies mm -hmm. and resources that actually encompasses what this might be. That still enables them to get the challenges with some distinct advantages about a handle in any way. That's just my opinion. But this is a neat way if you're gonna run a Sabat game to like not have to worry about all that you have it, we move on. This is how we like it. Suit yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, last but not least, numinous retake. We're gonna we're gonna hit this. Hit this with a close, gentlemen. Who wants to tackle Numinous Retail? You just do that. Both of you gave me the look. I'm not. I'm not going to hold either one of you back. Who's first to dance here? Uh, I'll, I'll dance this tango. Um, I don't know why I said it like that. Anyway, Numinous Retail. Um, <clears throat> Numinous Retail is new to this book. It's the first time we we've seen it anywhere, and that's because this is this is special. This is uh, no one's really sure where it came from in, in the write up, Nobody. but the idea behind it is that these are. These are incredibly rare, but incredibly powerful Raites that are um, literally game-changing in their uh, in in what they can do. Uh, so, what what do you mean by that? <laughs> There's well, uh, well, before you finish that thought, I'm just going to give you a quote to help you back that up. What you just said it says mm -hmm. that the numerous Raites are jury-rigged spiritual weapons of war that will hopefully shatter the armor of Aeons and wound the Antediluvians themselves. Go, Brennan. Hopefully. Hopefully being a keyword there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to give you an example, uh, probably the most, uh, the most uh, apropos one would be the Enochian Spear. This is a weapon, or rather it's a right that will bless a certain weapon to literally kill elders. Murder them. Uh, a Ventru struck with this might bleed uh, silver fire uh, as it's written up. But none of these are incredibly easy to, to pull out, right? Just uh, taking into account like they're supposed to be rare to even learn about, right? The um, Well, to, to learn about them, the, the, rare, the rareness to do it, just to shed some light on that, really it's backgrounds. It's not like impossible to get a hold of them, but they're not technically anointed retail right they're not necessarily in, in you know the holy ones that get added and it's it's lore sheet fodder basically mm -hmm. if you got the right thing you can take them to have them right and that opens it up there but and even to shed some light on any knocking spirit too it's a lot of hoopla spooky words we don't know why this works it's, you're not really going to find out why that works either what it is is the blood of the people who do it whoever is like blessing the weapon at the time their clan blood can affect what it is in other words is what it reads like, or something to the effect. I really think it's uh, victim-based, actually, now that I'm trying to think about it. It could yeah. be who it strikes determines the effect. The, um, the, idea, the idea is you have to take the blood of an elder or someone that has high potency, potency of blood, and then anoint a weapon with that. 
and their potency will lend to the strength of the weapon. Ah, we got to go back and read that again because I the way I read it and looked at it, and I'm even looking at the note for it. That actually, it's it's just the the blood itself, right? In of itself, that's on it. How you do the retake once it's done, and it wasn't too hard to do, uh, but it required three packs present to do it. Right, it does. It does require that as well. Right, you need the three packs to do it, and only one weapon uh, can be wielded by that pack. Right, to have this blessing on it was the mm-hmm. distinction. So I, I took that as being the only requirements it had. Then that we're going to do it, and we're going to we're going to have that down. But whether it's uh, a situation, but the bottom line is what it does is whoever you hit with this weapon, regardless of the exact specifics how you have it, because um, it's not exactly clear for both reading two different ways. DJ, can you look that up and clarify for me? I feel if we're stumbling through it, a third brain should be able to see it clear. Um, <laughs> but I do know the effects, right? So it describes highfalutin effects that Brentron already said, right? So if you strike a venture with it, it might bleed blood of, of silver fire, right? You hit a gangrel and then you have trouble transforming or some nonsense like that. I mean, nonsense is in. That's, that's just what it's getting to. That's the cool flair for it. But ultimately, what's the damage, Bob? Well, that depends on their 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 blood, how strong their blood is. Mm-hmm. You know, the more potent the blood is, the the more damage they would take from it. Because this has no effect on thin bloods and no effects on mortals. In fact, if you kill a mortal with this weapon, it negates the ritual entirely. Not to be used on them. Is it a potent enough weapon to drop an antediluvian, though? Is my question to you. I it, no, no, I don't believe so because I can't I can't ever divorce uh, the idea of an antediluvian from like Cthulhu, right? Like, <laughs> did you read that book? Cthulhu got hit by a boat, ran over, split in half. He just put himself back together. But that's Cthulhu. Uh, and to clarify, as you were mentioning before, it literally just happens to be the more potent the enemy, uh, the more damage it'll do. So it doesn't necessarily have to be fully anointed in there, but we know where it's going to go. So that's the thing. And mm. based on its stats, even at blood potency 5+, plus, it's only dealing two extra damage and, and aggravated. Mm-hmm. You are not taking an antediluvian down with it. Keyword, it's so, the hope so, that it takes down an antediluvian. <laughs> so let me t- let me bring you Cambros in close, because these guys ain't it, right? I'm, I'm Cambro Bob. Let me tell you how you do this, right? Your ST him said, we're using these rules, great. We're using these homebrew house rules, ST vote, great. Khaldun Khalil got down on this. You can use them. We got them. Cool. We the devourers. We're going to do it right. We're going to do it up. Now, we have 15 in our pack, right? But there's only five of us playing that core. Only five of us at the table. But we got 15, right? Yeah. Well, guess what? How about you five go over there and you're now a pack? And you five go over there and you're now a pack? And you three go over there and, you know, however you want to do it. And you two, three, technically you need three to a pack. You're over here. All right. You're a priest, you're a priest, you're a priest, and you're a priest for the function of this. What are we doing? High ritual time. We're unifying ourselves in high ritual to control functions of what we have going on. Don't worry. The book's distinction as to how a pack is formed is no less than that. Like a priest can just start divvying up and saying, in case I die, you three are still alive. However you want to do it. You could technically do this. Then perform this right. And then each pack has one weapon obeying the ritual and you all have one elder killing weapon. Now, let's call a war party and call the corners and we all come back together unified under one pack and we have those weapons to use, right? Now I know, it says it can only one per pack on that, but that's the creation. Nothing says we can't use a weapon already enchanted that, you know, because what if a pack dies and leaves in the field? If I pick up that axe that was blessed by it, that axe no longer has it because it turns out Brennan, my pack mate, has a stake that does the same thing? Well, that wouldn't make any sense, would it? But we're looking for a balance. That's what DJ meant. We have to take this up to a 12. 
gotta be cautious. This thing can be broke rather mm-hmm. easily. And now mm-hmm. you say we can't drop an antediluvian with one weapon. What if I have five? Maybe the answer is volume, right? Maybe somebody <laughs> haven't figured out how to get the whole sect in the same spot and everybody do this ritual and let's kill them in bullets. Just Human saying. wave tactics, go! Right? <laughs> just keep Let, going. Do what you gotta do, man. Make it happen. Now, yep. some of your cons to you, some of you say it's not a way to roleplay, it's not the way I would do it. Folks, let's not kid, kid ourselves. If we're fighting <laughs> antediluvians, you're really gonna tell me we're being semantical? You gotta be. We're gonna die. <laughs> right, we die here. Alert. Right. That's how this. That's how this works. Nobody gets out alive. You're ridiculous if you're playing this as a player character in the Sabbat. We're gonna kill us. We're gonna kill us in Antediluvian. Are you now? Mm-hmm. Ah, great. Um, hey, by the way, this is Lombok. He's got a story to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a lot to go with it. Um, but let's get back to it now. Let's recap all mm-hmm. the way up here. Let's answer some mm-hmm. of these questions. I feel we have more than enough to do it now, right? We said I do yep. as well. We, we asked the question, you know, basically, do you guys agree? Does this book prove an effective, playable sect and not an excuse to just be a bad vampire? I do. I think as it, as it, set, as it is set up, there is, um, with all the paths that are set out here, uh, there's more than enough direction that you can have a, a vampire that has a purpose, that has a goal, that has a drive towards them, other than wanton destruction, like near dark uh, esque. Uh, behavior. Oh, I hate that someone said that phrase near dark because they're wrong. You're all wrong. Near dark is a Sabbat pack. Watch that movie again. What is where are my people at? Sorry. Um, mm-hmm. DJ, mm-hmm. DJ. I think um, it does the job of, of getting rid of the bad vampire. For me, it gets rid of the the stereotype of playing a bad vampire because to me, I'm playing a shock trooper and I still have it in my head mm. that I'm scared to play that shock trooper. So as I'm playing this, it, it keeps reinforcing the fact that you have incomplete knowledge and you are playing that player with incomplete knowledge heading into war. Um, I have to agree. I think this is definitely effectively a playable sect and it's not an excuse to be a bad vampire. And we saw that with the attempt at reaching out to Paz and making it make sense and highlighting brainwashing versus normal humanity and highlighting how they do it. There's an intent to play what's going on and they fell out the anti-tribute. That all backs up what they were intending to do here. So very good for that. Moving on. Do we feel the material as presented is a companion book to the V5 Sabat the Black Hand? And I'll go first this time. Absolutely not. I do not feel that this book goes with what they produce as protagonists. I don't think it's a good fit. I think you would have to do it in an alternate version based on the changes mm-hmm. in direction you get with a lot of the material. Um, like like DJ mentioned several times, we have to turn this up to a 12. That's what you're going to have to do to play this version of them. Do I think that's bad? No, not at all. I think it does mm-hmm. give me the rules, but there's not enough of the picture for the canon material to make room for what they're going to say is playable as Sabat because they might do just the Gehenna War version. Welcome to the party, Richter. Jump in the mix, and we're going to see what's going on. And because they haven't done that, I can't say that it would be good to unleash what this is there, and I'll tell you why. Because Khaldun would have wrote that book already for them. This is a side project for a reason. Something he did with a lot of love because people were in demand of it. That I, You could tell that's what it is, is being in demand. Yep. Um, but I, I don't feel it, it deserves to be in there. Now, that said, can you take some cool stuff from here and kind of do your own version of what you have to, to work with the book that's canon and this to do it? You are free to bridge your own gap, and I think you can mm-hmm. easily do it, and I think it can mm-hmm. work. 
But one place I would tell you to turn to is the Thin Blood and the Cult of the Sun. I believe it's called the Path of the Sun. Yes. That's yeah. that's something they don't even you know they don't get into, and and because of that, that's like ah you, you need to have it because if if you're me, I want to play those guys. I yes. want that path. That path was fire, literally. It's 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 <laughs> awesome, right? It's a good <laughs> path. It's a good direction. I like how they're presenting the protagonist side of Sabah. I want to play them. And what I got was a version take of like you know the the you know. What is it? The the, the split world ver- I forget I forget what it's called. The DC fifty two, right? That did fifty two switch. Right? It's not bad. Crisis of Infinite Earths. Yeah, it's just different, is what I'm saying. So that that's mm-hmm. my opinion. What what do you guys think? No, I I agree. I will say I like both books, but I don't see either meshing. Like uh, well, straight up, they they're not like fully in line, right? One is not a, a companion going with, uh, but like you said, you can pick and choose. Uh, definitely, and like try to bridge that gap. Uh, definitely, the uh, playing the black handbook uh, does add in some things that are missing from the antagonist book to make it playable for people. Like uh, like one of the biggest things people are going to look for is direction, goals to go for. Uh, the Seraphim fill that goal in the playing the Sabbat, or fill that role uh, uh, pretty well. Whereas there's not something of that equivalent in the, um, uh, in the antagonist book that came out. Because that, that's not needed. Those Sabbat in that book know what they're doing. They're marching uh, literally marching in a direction what about you DJ? I, I was about to say I agree more with your line of thinking Bob I think it's much more of a day in the life of right like if you were just to focus in on one aspect of the war that's cool but it's in because of the context as was presented in the original antagonist book or in the, the black hand book itself it's like you said you could either create that bridge if you wanted to but there's so much that's that's not connected, I feel, because we're just focusing directly on playing this type of game where it's turned up to 12. And as Brendan was mentioning, the other half of it is we're, we're back at it again to that age-old conversation about, remember Sabat in First Edition and how they were scaring monsters and we left it that way? And some of that mystique now goes away because we're making them playable. And I think because of that transition, as we're translating it, it's it's a pocket realm. It's, it is what it is. I do like it. I definitely do like it. But it's, it is that pocket realm, and I don't feel it marriages completely well. I also feel that there's a there's a distinct problem with both books. You don't include the canon characters people love in it, and that's where yes. people mm-hmm. fell in love with the material. That was a strategy the company went with. Make characters we think are awesome that fit in our story that is canon that everybody can follow along that people enjoy. And they're not here. Right? They're not here in either book. And no one's going to accept somebody's newfound ideas unless they tie to it. The Beckett Shahad Diary was a hit for V20 and definitely breathed life back into it because they paid tribute to those people in, in Becca Shahad Diary and added new stuff. But they earned the loyalty of everybody, but including the old, and then updating that to then give way to their new vision for the new. And they did both. And V5 just doesn't seem to do that here at this point in either book at this time. Now, I think there's a reason for that. Spitball moment. Not even spitball. It's just my, my theory. I think it's because this is supposed to be the first wave fanatics of the Sabbat. I sincerely feel that. This is supposed to play the sawed-off psychos we're directing like a weapon to break down the wall and give us a puncture point for what's going on, which is where I think the rest of our quote-unquote black hand is. It's the illusion. It's a tactical feint. 
make it seem like we sent all our very best in and we're losers and we don't have what we had before and this is our best aha that we're trying to make it to do what we can right i also think this book kind of sheds some light in the fact that the Lasombra are butthurt about, you know, Amici Noctis abandoning and doing a feint and backing up to the Camarilla. Mm. And not all of them went. And some of them stayed Sabat, too. And to me, it's classic. It's a Lasombra feint that made me have hope that they did it to purpose. Right? Um, remember, Tally the Hound is still following Sejanus. That's something they took from, from that V5 Beckett, or excuse me, the, the Beckett Shahar diary, that update. Mm-hmm. That Sejanus is still in the play. And still around. The, the Lasamra aren't what you think. In other words, they change the way you see a clan. The clan is not a kumbaya happy family. That just tells you the power where the blood comes from. So keep that in mind. So I'm not saying that this isn't their hurrah and this is their update. And they're just kind of keeping it in the direction it needs to be. I'm hoping we're going to get fire when it comes to Gehenna. And we see them power general playing badasses that need to be there to punch home what it is to be the Sabbat. If our sect mm-hmm. is going to go out, and I do mean our sect, it's my favorite in Vampire is Sabat um, to play and uh, to, to watch players enjoy and kind of get in the mood of being vampires of, where my heart will always be set uh, to run, that's the Camarilla. But this this is awesome, the Sabat, right, to be in it. I'm charged for the glory moment where we choke and die in false ideals because we're the sect that was made on a lie. We were made to combat a war and we were too weak to fight the elders and for some reason we thought we could steal that power. And I like the fact that the Book of Nods are faint to watch us destroy and choke on our own ashes of hope. I mm-hmm. think that's awesome. And that from the fall of the Sabbat, you get a new sect that comes back more experienced, knows what goes on, and buries that psycho sword to go to a new direction. And that gives room for new writers to write a very beautiful story of what that might be. And that, that's what I'm hoping we see. But enough wax and poetic on that. Let's move down to the next question here from... Um, Player's perspective, does it allow you the confidence you were playing in line with Vampire 5th Edition? I say yes. Real simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Agreed. It's attached to it. Um, does it offer playable choices of the passive enlightenment? I think going over, we said yes. They give you, we did. Mm-hmm. They give you clear direction in use. They do give you a system to help the player in ST easily track progress and cut down debates. They do uh, give a requirement for uh, a mala or what have you to, to help you learn, and they tell you distinctly... Learning on your own is not a possibility. This is not—you don't have the timetable for that, and it's far too dangerous. And focus where we're at, not where you necessarily want to be, Mister Snowflake. And let's just let's just keep this where it is, right? Keep it one hundred. Is it realistic? I'd say, well, it depends, right? If you're looking for a path of morality to kind of say, well, I, you know, psychology one hundred and one states, put it up, put it up, right? Well, we're saying realistic as in, does it help you portray vampire morality? Answer is check. Is it, yes. how, how do you see this, right? It's seen as playable, instinctual thought. Yes, it's there. For those that are going to follow that, it tells you instruction on how to do that. I think the convictions are a duh, right? That's a direct guidance on how to do that. Um, mm-hmm. Does it give that selfish desire fulfillment of the, the power fantasy that you're looking for? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I think Cathari was built on the basis of opposites in its shortened view. Where I gave it a little stink eye, it's because I wanted to set this up. If you look at Cathern in a different light, look at it as the update it is. It seems hedonistic on the front, but we want to balance it as you get older. And when you get older, we want you to become the people that are literally recruiting those the easiest way, the most popular way, into the sect to keep the war, the war machine running. 
And that's where that's at. But those who survive, those who are smart enough to kind of sit back, realize that we got to pump the brakes a little and to beat that phrase to death. And I think that's the goal. And it's supposed to kind of be, di- you know, uh, opposed, juxtaposed. And uh, that's, the, that's the wrong term. They're supposed to be opposites, right? To, to kind of sustain mm. itself in that regard. Um, but timely. How long is the process designed to take? Does it state that? Yes. Yes, it does, actually. It points out the fact that it's immediate. It starts the moment you come out of the ground. I think it's important to make that distinction because another one, you kind of, in the past, you were just nebulous. You're on low humanity, figuring it out until you find a way to move across. Doesn't give you the idea of how long this is supposed to take. And this one doesn't say days, mm-hmm. months, or years. It says now. Right now, we're teaching you to eat your touchstones to replace them with path touchstones as the storyteller deems the RP goes to enable you to do that. Beautiful. It does it. To me, it answers that question. What about you guys? It does. I, uh, I a thousand percent agree with that. I do as well. Now, the big one... I think one of the things I did want to add as well to what makes it realistic, one of the things we also didn't cover is it does touch upon playing that instinctual beast because there's a segment that tells you how every path, if and when it would ever hold back and what would stop it. Mm-hmm. That's just something for you guys to read if you choose to pick up the book. Um, and, and all these little insights are there for that, and we'll get to that in mm-hmm. a second here, rounding down. Um, does it offer Gehenna War insights and in how the Sabbat prepares for it? Yes, we, we did that. Um, their, their preparation, though, it isn't enough. Right, I think we could see that. They're, they're yes. at a point where we have some numerous rite, not enough. We have, we have an idea, and we have fanaticism, we have the want, we have the passion, we have the numbers. And, and Maybe. Yeah, and we're going to send them? Okay, great. Um, but is that an insight? I, I would say no. I, I don't say it's an insight to what they're going to do. I, I think it just says flat out, we're not certain. And in fact, a lot of people say we're going to lose. But we gotta, we got to hold to our belief. Right, so in here, it says loyalty and dedication and a hopeful perseverance in the youth of the Sabbat is what we see here as presented. This is not the elders. So for a lot of detractors about playable Sabbat and what you're looking for, even the antagonist version, um, got to remember that the Sabbat, are, these are not the elders that are charging forward to get it done. These no. might be experienced killers. This might be more instinctual vampires, but they're, just because you have a path of enlightenment that drives you to kill doesn't mean you're in the right and have the ability to. That'll, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that's proof in the pudding. When you get up to strike out, we'll find that out. Um, to, to wind this down to a close, yes, it does have more powers in here and, and, alter, mm-hmm. and, and amalgams in here too and some decent ones. Um, we would give examples, but I'm going to say instead get the book. Get the book yes. and check them out. You're going to enjoy it. I feel that the the stuff that we didn't include is stuff that is their right as artists to present, to try to portray uh, what they feel is the view of where these directions go and what they're going to be, including the advantages, including the multiple lore sheets they include here too that fit in the V5 world, and that's perfectly mm-hmm. doable. If you're looking for it, they have it, and a lot of explanation to that goes in. And they go more in-depth than we have time here, as we've already taken them far more than an hour, uh, which uh, we're, we're struggling to get under these book reviews here as we put hundreds of content information and questions you want to answer. Uh, but some t- stuff takes time for what you guys want to know. Um, I'm going to say, this has been a pleasure, guys. Um, thank you for this, gentlemen. And uh, Mr. Khalil, I hope you enjoy this as well. I want to say it's a good book. I think folks should get it to enjoy it for what it is. You fans demanded it. I kind of like that the author of the, of the other book gave it to you. That I enjoyed. Yep. Right? Fan himself found a team to get it together to do it with some tight artistry and the artist backing. Great, mm-hmm. great job. Um, thank you, gentlemen, for being here. A pleasure as always. 
Yep, of course. Likewise, sir. And guys, look forward to next week when we tune into some more as we'll we'll continue these podcasts as we do. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to our 25 years of Vampire the Masquerade podcast. If you like what you heard and want to support us, please share it with others or leave a review. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.